Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Who has a mixtape? We do. Who needs a mixtape? You do. Who makes a mixtape? We do. Who needs a mixtape? You I thought that was the new one. He sent us a new one, and uh, we tried to play it last week, and it didn't work, and we couldn't figure out what was going on. And then we figured out, if you listen to the last episode, you figure out uh, pretty quick that some douche nozzle plugged their microphone thing into the soundboard slot. Yes, you. Totally took it over. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mixtape Podcast. I'm Jason Emmett. I'm Studi. I'm Casey Masterpiece. I'm Trouble. She's back. She's back. Trouble's back. Because that other dude doesn't. Like us anymore? He doesn't come anymore. He's a well. That's that's, that's not our business. <laughs> yeah, that's not our problem. I mean, I, you can take that up with him. Uh, he's working tonight, so he couldn't make it. So, no spank dog. And we got a really cool episode. Uh, I think I mentioned that we're going to be doing a Val Kilmer episode, which we are. Um, we only shifted it because last week's kind of changed up on us at last second, and we don't like. We've been trying to stagger, not do movies to movies and music to music. We've been trying to like switch them up a little, so we're doing music. But we got kind of a cool idea, and uh, this one, we got some really cool shit coming up, but they're going to take some time to get prepped, so this one, you know, we're doing what we're doing. I have news. What? I have news. Um, <laughs> sorry, I literally just got a text from my son letting me know he's going to spend money on my credit card. <laughs> <laughs> I told him he could, but I was like, don't go doing it without telling me what you're, that you're doing it, so I know you're doing it. Make it rain. I gave him. I, I, he's got a specific amount he's allowed to spend too. You gave him your credit card number. No, his Xbox is already hooked up to my credit card. Oh, okay. Always has been. He doesn't ever spend it without asking because. Because I always, <laughs> my dad used to do that to me, and I'm like, don't. This don't do that. <laughs> my kids aren't you. Don't <laughs> do that. He's like, don't, Dad. Don't give me your. Don't give me the credit card. <laughs> you call it and call it in. This sounds like a a, a theme to an '80s movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You left me Risky your credit business. card. Wink, <laughs> wink. <laughs> um, so I do got some some news. Uh, most of this is uh, sequel or, or sequel news, but uh, not the first bit. Uh, guys, I want to take a minute to talk about Tina Turner. Did she die? Not yet. Okay. Um, it's not good. She has a new documentary on HBO. Crap, really? um, did you know she's eighty one? Yeah. Every time I hear her age, it just shocks me. Because you I look at her and she's like, she doesn't look over 50. Yeah. I think she looks freaking amazing. Like Dolly Parton. But I can't hear age. you. Mm-hmm. Do I need to stick my She's simply face the best. The microphone? S- better than all the Speak rest. up, lady. Oh, God. I don't know. Maybe I'm turning up. I am. I'm turning up the wrong. I'm turning up mine. <laughs> mm, dummy. That's better. All right. You guys were both quiet and I was turning up the wrong way. I look at the color of the cords and you guys have this. It was throwing me off. Uh, Yes, she's 81 years old. I, I agree. Although, you probably haven't seen her in years. That's the thing. No. What should I use to buy it? 
Uh, wow, this is great entertainment. Tina Turner Hold is on. simply the best. Uh, yeah. A little pause there. Um, so yeah, she's eighty-one. Um, but uh, she has a documentary that's on just came out on HBO called Tina, and by all accounts, it's wonderful. Like everybody says, it's completely fantastic. Well, her and her husband, who's like twenty years younger than her, yeah. some junk. But they're also doing a musical about her. Um, anyway, she uh, in she came. She doesn't. She lives in Switzerland now. She's lived there for years, and she came back to the U.S. recently to like kind of like promote the show and the the musical. And she took this moment with the show to say goodbye to our fans. She said she's taking this time to say goodbye. Um, but basically, well, dude, she's been all kinds of fucked up for years. So in 2013, she had a stroke. And she had to learn to walk again. So is this why she was in Switzerland? Because of all the... No, oh, no, she's been in Switzerland for has something to decades. do with probably her husband or something. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Oh, okay. um, she had a stroke in 2013 where she had to teach herself to walk again. Right after she got married, like a week after she got married, she had a stroke. Oh, crap. Um, and then in 2016, she was diagnosed with a- intestinal cancer. Um, and we all know, you know... She didn't exactly have the best life up till that. She says she suffered from PTSD from all the physical abuse. And Damn it, Ike. <laughs> right. Um, anyway, in 2017, she suffered from near kidney failure, and her husband donated. She was pretty much dead. Uh, she was going to die, but her husband donated a kidney to her, and that's still alive. Um, anyway, uh, I think this is one of those things where it's like, I don't, I don't think she's saying... I'm saying goodbye because I'm going to die next week. I think she's saying I'm done with my career and I'm going to take this opportunity because you probably won't hear from me again until, you know. So I think she's saying I want to take this opportunity with this stuff coming out to tell everybody a goodbye and that I love them for thankful for all they did. But for me, it's kind of like, you know, I appreciate her doing that and really we hope she has, you know, many more years and they're peaceful and good years. Should we knock on wood? Real quick, just in case. We have a bad track record. Yeah, but I mean, in a case like this. Well, the fact that I opened up with. She's dead? She's got. I mean, she has cancer. She's had it for years. She's had a stroke. I mean, she's. It's been a little rough. She defied some odds, that's for sure. That's true. So we we just. We we wish her many more. You know, I I think it took her a long time in life before she could finally live a happy life. And I just hope she has many more years of that. So. Good luck, Tina. Uh, last episode, we mentioned Beverly Hills Cop 4. Well, we have a little bit of info on that. Paramount has actually teamed up with Netflix and Jerry Bruckheimer for this one. Uh, Eddie Murphy is expected to return as well, um, and this will likely go straight to streaming services and will probably be the last Beverly Hills Cop movie, but you never know. I mean, Hopefully it'll get better ratings than coming to America. Uh, yeah, people are hating it. Yeah. I don't get that. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I, it does have flaws. Well, yeah, so does the first one. Right. We tend to we tend to sugarcoat our memories of movies from the 80s, and, and while we love them and they're great, if you go back, there's, I mean, coming to, uh, coming to America has some, you know. I used to remember Dukes of Hazard being awesome. Yeah, and it's awful. And it's awful. Uh, Demolition Man 2. 
You oh, heard me. Oh, God. We all know Sly likes to return oh, to the pot. Hold on. <laughs> Give it a chance. We all know Sylvester Stallone likes to return to you know his old successes. That's pretty much all he does these days. No. Um, he announced on Instagram a while back that this might happen, and it seems like Warner Brothers has decided to move forward on the sequel to the 1993 hit film, Demolition Man. But they don't. we don't know anything. Right oh, now. Wesley's back. So. Wesley's dead. He freezes him and kicks him into pieces. There could be a way to there bring him back. <laughs> Stewie, you ready for this one? Don't. Sequel to Face Off. Uh-oh. Sounds crazy, I know, but Adam Wingard and his writing partner, Sam and Barrett, are at work on a new Face Off movie. They, they are saying will be a sequel, not a reboot. Um, it's not known yet whether it's going to have, like, Travolta or Cage in it. Probably not Cage. Um, or my guess, My guess is it'll be about two other people, but Travolta might... Make a cameo or Be something. in it, and they'll reference what happened in the first one. We'll see. Uh, this is another one that's been talked about for some time, but I guess it's happening now. And I, I want to be, oh, well, I'm thankful for Disney+. Plus. Let's just put it that way. They're making things happen, and they're good. Um, you know, we're probably going to get Tron 3 because of Disney+. Plus. We're also probably going to get Hocus Pocus 2. Hairspray director Adam Shankman has been announced as the director for the follow-up to Disney's much-loved Halloween movie. Hocus Pocus 2 is likely to end up on Disney+. Plus uh, Rather than movie theater, uh, look for the original cast to have roles in the movie somewhere along the line. <laughs> so, there you go. The Last Starfighter 2. I was wondering when that was might actually happen. happen. 1994's Last Starfighter might finally get that sequel. 1994? Uh, legal problems actually held this project up for years, but Jonathan Bitul, who wrote the original, and Gary Whitta, who co-wrote uh, Rogue One, Ooh. are now working. So the original writer and the guy who wrote Rogue One are now working on a new movie. Uh, they have a little ways to go before it will actually get made, but hell... <laughs> They've talked about the last Starfighter. He's all grown up. They've talked about <laughs> doing a last Starfighter sequel for a long time, but I guess there was a lot of legal battles with it. I don't know what they were, but Lethal Weapon Five in <laughs> January of 2020, a project long presumed dead suddenly came back to life. Producer Danny Lynn is trying to get Lethal Weapon Five moving as a farewell to the franchise. Mel Gibson and Danny Glover would return, but would Richard Donner? Probably not. He's 90 years old. <laughs> It's like they're wanting to put nails in coffins. Last I heard, mm-hmm. though, Richard Donner was like, I'll do it. But, I mean, if they don't do it soon. But I've I've heard rumor that if this happens, it's it's going to be fast-tracked. It will happen soon. So, well, I mean, you got Joe Pesci and Chris Rock could reprise their roles. Oh, I'm sure everybody will be yeah. in it. Rene Russo, I'm sure they'll all be in it. I'm totally on board for this next one. RoboCop Returns, like Terminator Dark Fate, a film that I personally think was got short rift. I think it was a good movie. I don't know why people hated on it so bad, but RoboCop Returns will ignore the plot line of the sequels it didn't like and instead pick things up right after the original 1987 classic. Ooh. Neil Blomkamp, who did District 9, which is also getting a sequel finally, hmm. uh, was set to direct but moved on to another project. Abe Forsyth is now calling the shots with Justin Rhodes working on a script. Uh, and the last one is another one, thanks to Disney Plus, The Rocketeer Two. Uh, I heard rumors about this since the 1991 original came out. Thanks to Disney Plus, those rumors are rumbling again. This will also be a sequel, not a reboot. And Az- Azia Squire is pinning the script right now. So, I love The Rocketeer. It was always one of those yeah, movies I, cool. I always really liked. And hey, Jennifer Connelly still be in it. <laughs> mm. In fact, she needs to be in it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. 
I don't know about Billy Campbell. I don't know what I haven't seen him in a long time, so we'll see. We'll see. Mm. Since nobody else talks, momentary pause while I take a drink of beer. <laughs> and we shall begin. <sighs> so this week we decided we were gonna talk music, but not just any music. We were going to talk about songs from the seventies, eighties, and nineties, and remarkably enough, we have all three of those decades on our list that all have political meaning behind them. Now, it's not going to be a political show, no. except for the politics that get talked about in the songs. Yeah. But we decided this is going to be like a series. We're actually going to do different songs. At some point, we're going to do inappropriate songs. Not sexual songs. They can be sexual, but only if it's inappropriate sex. You know, like with chimpanzees or something. What's wrong with it? Nothing's wrong with it. Nothing's wrong with it. <laughs> uh, Stuart, are you uh, thinking about touching bubbles over there? Or, uh? <laughs> Gross. Yes, but only because that's the nickname for his balls. <laughs> bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, I have all the notes, even though they're not all my songs, and I should have handed them off, but having Stewie read would have been... Dread- dreadful. Yes. And as we've all learned, having Kevin read can also be a lot of fun. We still make him do it. Ha <laughs> ha! So uh, what we'll do is uh, we're going to play clips of the songs, and then I'll give the notes, and then I want everybody to chime in, especially since some of these are not my picks. Yes. So let's start with the first one right here. And everybody's, I mean, duh. You and I in a little toy shop Buy a bag of balloons with the money we've got Set them free at the break of dawn one by one they were gone Back at base, box in the software Flash the message, something's out there Floating in the summer sky Ninety-nine red balloons go by I feel like that scene at the end of Charlie Brown Christmas right now, where everybody's doing the one dance move. Uh, 99 Red Balloons, released by the German band Nina in the midst of the Cold War. The song was a voice against the impending prospect of a third world war. Uh, Nina's target audience was the citizens of Cold War era Germany. But her anti-war message reached the ears of listeners across the globe, gaining unintentional international popularity. Uh, Popularity in the U.S. and England is what caused Nina to eventually produce an English version of the request uh, at the request of her label. So the original was obviously Noin in Noin Sig Luftballon. The lyrics describe a story in which 99 balloons floating through the air are mistaken for UFOs. A war-hungry general fires at them. Others soon join in, and just like that, a 99-year war breaks out, which leaves the world in ruin. One way that Nina gets her point across is juxtaposing the childlike feel of the balloons against the violent consequences of misunderstanding. She shows how something harmless can be twisted by fear. Their UFOs, their jet fighters, etc., etc. She then suggests how eager people are to resort to violence, and how poised they are for it and express the idea that a third world war would be silly and there would be no winner. 
The song speaks out against misunderstanding, intolerance, and the quickness of people to jump to assumption and take offense, making it not only a song about war, but a song that really fits with so much in today's culture as well. Pointing out fear and intolerance, and for what reason? We see the destruction of a once great city, and she looks for something um, of the time before, and she sees a red balloon, the simple cause for everything, something innocent that was taken too far. <laughs> Did you ever know that that song was about all that? A little bit. Not, not, not really all that, no. I knew they buy a bag of balloons with the money they got. And I, they knew, I knew the go. balloons were symbolized as a mistaken identity, yes. like the, the UFO or whatever. Yeah, so the idea behind it is something so simple. These, I didn't these, realize the war came about. Yeah, oh, well, yeah, the whole war. Like, they they call out the jet fire. Like, the whole lyrics are like, you know, hurry up. This is what we, we're waiting for. This is it, boys. This is war. Like, look, there's something floating in the sky. It's UFOs. It's we got to attack. And that's what she's saying, like, most wars, that's how they break out. It's just two people, instead of discussing the problems, they just jump to. Everybody wants to fight. Everybody wants the war. I just realized something. All of our, I think majority of our picks are our foreign bands. No. Well, At least mine are. I was like, you don't even know what we picked. <laughs> All right, uh, yours and then There are one. a few. What, what's really going to make this list interesting, I was talking about this to Kevin the other day. We have songs that deal with multiple different cultures on here so it's not just american politics it's like right in fact a lot of them aren't american politics and it's not really, this is the best country in the world it's not all Amen, about brother. The, the same stuff either it's, <laughs> it's not just about war either or no no in fact a lot of these aren't um yeah i mean i think we all knew and don't worry don't worry just because i know we got trouble over here that's like, oh, I like the German one better. I don't, because I don't know what the hell they're saying. The old balloons? I know Neun and Neunzig balloons, and I know Captain Kirk. <laughs> in the Stadt, which, which uh, no, no, it actually says in the something that was, I don't know. Anyway. I'll have Hasselhoff sing it. Oh, you like the Hoff? Oh, everybody loves the Hoff. They brought down the wall, you know. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Hell yeah. Oh, did you say hell? I did. <laughs> Wait, hell or hell? <laughs> Nerd. You failed trombone over there. Oh, yeah. Well, do it. Hold on. And here's what I say about that. All right. You know, one of these days I'm going to take lessons and you're going to think... Damn, did, did you, Miles Davis learn keep, how to play the slide you whistle? You keep threatening. <laughs> of these I, I just need to find an instructor <laughs> to teach me the ways of the slide whistle. You too, but I'm sure there's somebody yeah. out there. There is, but they're only like five minute long. I ain't paying for that Because do you want to know why they're only five minute long? Because there ain't shit to learn on a slide whistle. There's got to be. That's like learning how to play on a recorder. <laughs> That's way harder. Yeah, way harder. <laughs> not, I dare you to try to play a recorder now. No, because I didn't like it. <laughs> I did. I fucking hate recorder class. <laughs> this is bullshit. You fucking you put my thumb over the one hole. You stupid. I always get little round marks on my fingers. My parents aren't paying for this shit in my fancy school because I'm rich. This was a joke on the last. He just kept talking about on the PBS yeah. episode. He's like, I don't know. I didn't watch it. We were rich. <laughs> Such an ass. He's not. He wasn't rich. He lived right down the street. 
I mean, he wasn't. He was richer than I was. <laughs> well, his dad was. He's not. He's poor as fuck. This is not not untrue. You got a marshmallow by your foot. Oh, the other thing I want to discuss here, you guys can decide. Well, that and (laughs) there's another one like between your feet. There you go. (laughs) You have a marshmallow by your foot. The shit you hear here that you will not hear anywhere else. Well, still with de- no reference to go by, that's just still weird. Stewie decent's a kinky shit. I don't judge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I told you that that night I go in my room and I shut the door. <laughs> <laughs> I only get this if you listen to the, to the last episode, but I, I'm in my room and outside of my door I hear, let's get it on. I'm like, shut the fuck, go to fucking sleep, you dick. He like cranked it on his phone. <laughs> Masturbation candle. The masturbation candle. The masturbation candle. We decided that. Oh, that's um, that's lit right we now. We decided that oh. Stu lights a candle when he masturbates and cranks him. <laughs> Let's get it on and. Gross. <laughs> look, 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 look around the corner. No, no, I don't want to. Uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and play the clip of the next song and of, of the first one and this one. After I play the clip, I want you guys to tell me and I, let me give the notes too because they're not very long on this one. All right. Which of these two? Do you think was more famous? I don't know, by the way. I just want everybody's opinion. So here's the next one. Harry Truman, Doris Day, Red China, Johnny Ray, South Pacific, Walter Winchell, Joe DiMaggio, Joe McCarthy, Richard Nixon, Studebaker, Television, North Korea, South Korea, Marilyn Monroe. I actually have a recording of me singing this entire song. Very difficult song to sing. We didn't start the fire. Billy Joel wrote the song We Didn't Start the Fire as a response to a comment about how much harder it was growing up in the 80s as opposed to the 50s. Billy Joel's rapid-fire list of the major historical events of his life provides a lesson plan with a melody, a historical scavenger hunt for the post-war era. It lists headlines in chronological order, and although he isn't trying to get a specific political point across, he seems to be giving a don't-blame-my-generation for all the crud in the world. Shut up, Boomer. He seems to be saying, we didn't start the fire. If anything, his generation tried to clean it up. We didn't light it, but we tried to fight it. Oddly enough, Billy Joel doesn't like this song. He agrees with this song has been voted as not a great song by a lot of people. Really? Because there's no point. <laughs> and, but it's and, a good song. But it's got a good beat. It's I a mean, catchy song. Right. It's very catchy, it and we all like it. Yeah. There's zero point to the song. He how literally many, just lists How it. many songs out there is there there's no point to? Thank uh, you. Well, yeah, but this song sounds like it should have a point. So as far as political songs go, he's come out and said, yeah, I did. It it's just a it was, timeline He's song. basically, come, and he's not saying it in a way like, I hate this fucking song. He's basically saying, it's a garbage song. Like, it's fun. But I'm not I, like it sounds like I should be making a point. But after I listen to it, I'm like I'm I'm not saying anything worth value. Well, it's no puppet. It's a love. Yes, that's we won't talk about. Just saying, you know where no that puppets. came from, right? He just made it up. He misheard a word in another song uh. and said, "I speak of the puppetess of love," which isn't a thing. It's not even a word. <laughs> Steve Miller is not known for his lyrics. Okay, <laughs> well, he's bright. Oh God, we need to do an episode. Well, on he bad was a midnight lyrics. toker. We straight up need to do an episode on bad lyrics. You know, when I was a kid, I, didn't, I was like, what the fuck is a toker? I didn't know until much later. Uh, but we need to do an episode on bad lyrics and songs. Cause Mistaken lyrics? Well, that's yeah. good, too, but yeah. bad lyrics. Like the, the Mike, Michael Jackson vegetable? No, that's what it says. Uh, no, that's bad vegetable. lyrics. Yeah, well, 
I think he meant vegetable like you're in brain coma, dead, yeah. you're stupid, you're a vegetable. I don't know, but no. no uh, actually, one of the people on this list and one of the songs on this list, even though it's on this list, and I give much kudos to the person whom I love this guy, and I, I, I appreciate the sentiment behind the song. We'll just say not the best lyricist in the world, but out of 99 Red Balloons and We Didn't Start the Fire, which one do you guys, would you guys say is the more popular of the two? We'll the, say 99 Red Balloons. I wouldn't. Especially really? these days, I think you hear "We Didn't Start the Fire" a lot these days. I think it's played all. I hear it I all mean, the time. I you hear it at like stadiums, eight, so well. therefore, I <laughs> yeah, you'll hear it in stadiums mainly because of the music. Mm-hmm. Although I think "99 Red Balloons" might have been on a commercial last year or some shit, but I don't know. I was just curious what you guys thought. This next one's a big one. Um, this is one of Stewie's picks, and uh, we will. Uh, I hope you researched it. Like you were told to, because since you picked it, and you've got this little pseudo story. Yeah, I really didn't find anything out on it. I mean, I've, I found out the podcast that he was talking about. But <laughs> Did you listen to an episode? No, I didn't. Yeah. Right. Well, here's the song. The best song the CIA ever produced. Wouldn't that be the KGB? A little bit of A, a little bit of B. Where there's a hair on it, it on my face. Yeah, it's like the third time you've been doing Composed and written by Scorpion's lead singer Klaus Mann. And produced by Keith Olsen and the rest of the band, the lyrics were composed by Maine following the band's visit to the Soviet Union at the height of the, say it man, perestroika? Perestroika. Perestroika. Uh, For those who don't know, yeah, I'll take one. For those who don't know, perestroika, um, it allowed more independent actions from various ministries and introduced many market-like reforms. Perestroika, perestroika and its associated structural ailments have been cited as a major catalyst leading to the dissolution of the Soviet Union. This was all during Glashnov. Which I also have in here as well. Perestroika. <laughs> uh, Wind of Change was released as the album's third single in January of 1991 and became a worldwide hit just after the failed coup that would eventually lead to the end of the Soviet Union. The song topped the charts in Germany and throughout Europe and hit number four in the United States and number two in the UK. The lyrics celebrate Glasnost. Glasnost? Glasnost? What's that? What's Glasnost? Yeah, potato, potato. Go on in. Yeah, in yeah. the Soviet Union. Uh, Glasnost increased openness and transparency in government institutions and activities in the Soviet Union that allowed Soviet citizens to discuss publicly the problems of their system and potential solutions. See, up until that point, you weren't really allowed to speak up. And this is all a Gorbachev thing, too. Yes. We should, we should give him a little credit for that, you know? I mean, 
this whole thing where we're going to let the citizens speak up a little bit. We're right. going to talk and they'll be heard. And, and, the, and the the music video speaks volumes, too, along with it. So the song speaks of the end of the Cold War and of, ho- of hope at a time when tense conditions had arisen due to the fall of communist-run governments among Eastern Bloc nations that started in 1990 or 1989. According to the band, they were inspired to write the song after performing... Now, I'm going to say this again. According to the band... <laughs> They were inspired to write the song after performing at the Moscow Music Peace Festival in 1989, and the opening lines refer to the city's landmarks. I follow the Moscow, Moskva, 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 down to Gorky Park. Um, the Moskva is a river that runs through. Well, I can I sing it in the song. I just say follow the Moskva, and then like I see it written, and I'm like, am I saying that wrong? It's a river that runs through Moscow and Gorky Park is an urban park in Moscow named after the writer Maxim Gorky. The song also contains a reference to balalaka, which is a Russian stringed instrument somewhat like a guitar. So what were you going to say? Oh, uh, I was just going to say balalaka. Oh, no, you were going to say something about Gorbachev. Oh, uh, Gorbachev really doesn't give a whole, get a whole lot of credit for his role in trying to end the Cold War. And during Glasnost, he kind of, with Reagan and uh, Thatcher a little bit, they kind of like help ease a lot of tension. Putin hates Gorbachev because of this. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. But he wrestled the bar <laughs> with yeah. his shirt off. I can't do Russian. Hold on. He wrestled bear. That's horrible, too. Yeah. <laughs> Russell Bear. <laughs> Let's see. Let everybody do your Russian. That was more boring. Let's Let's Russia. <laughs> in Russia. You got to say in Soviet Russia. You, chicken at a fish place? I love this country. Yakov. Yeah. <laughs> if he dies, he dies. Ah. <laughs> it's the problem with that. Is, no, that's an American doing a Russian, but yeah. I always thought it was funny. Um, Red, oh god, what's that movie? Red Heat, where Arnold Schwarzenegger plays a, a Russian. I'm like, he's okay. more Russian than he is American. <laughs> he's German. He's Austrian. <laughs> he's Austrian again. Uh, more, more same. Russian than he's American. I don't see how that tracks. He's way more American. Well, that, that accent. He's lived here since the eighties. The accent. No sixties. He's lived here since the sixties. <laughs> <laughs> he's had his shirt off since the sixties. Yeah, but now he's looking flabby. And he's, I mean, he's still muscular compared to me. See, that sounds good. Thank you. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> no, you sound like a... Get out of here. Like, what's you. his name on Fairy Lab Parents? Anyway. Yeah, I know That's what you're who talking you about. Like. Get out of here. <laughs> you do the chopper. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Winds of Change is a fantastic song. Like, as I was putting the stuff together and I'm like... Clipping the songs, I'm just sitting there listening. It's you just got caught up in it. Yeah, like I said, I I saw that one news article. I didn't actually read into it, but I kind of like bypassed it, saying that um, the it was I guess it was like clickbait or something like that. That they were uh, American uh, government, the CIA, whatever was mm-hmm. paid the Scorpions to make write the song. Yeah, see, and I yeah. told him I really wanted to know this article because I wanted to know if this was a well, reputable news because I just don't. Kevin was right. There is a podcast. Yes. Like a, yeah, like at eight. Episode podcast that deals with this song called and, Wind, "Wind of Change." And, and the, the CIA not, and, does have. Oh, go ahead. But the podcast deals with this song and the whole 
right, right. You know, fall of the Soviet Union and the Glasnost and all that stuff, right? Right. It's not just about the song. And also the CIA's record of using musicians like Satchmo or Nina Simone, you know, to kind of promote, you know, American ideas. I mean, I can see them nudging them and saying maybe you should write. I, But I'm pretty sure they wrote this song. I mean, it tracks with... With they were at a music festival in Russia and they wrote the song right after it and it's very, uh, it's very emotional and yeah I, I'm sure they wrote it, but it was probably produced. I believe the they CIA wrote it. A headquarters, you know. I, I, I believe you know they what? wrote if it. If it worked, it worked. It worked. So it worked. It worked. You know what they're doing? But like you said, the the video is pretty awesome to watch. Yeah, it's a good. It's a great I video. Mean, it's basically like a a timeline of showing the Berlin Wall coming down. Yeah. God, I remember, um, which is weird because anyway, I remember. That's also I German. remember, <laughs> <laughs> not Russian. Uh, I remember uh, watching that on TV, watching these people like tear down the wall, and he's like, he just it's like a I, lot of teenagers. And I youngsters. remember when Kroger's used to sell a piece of the wall. Remember that? Oh, no. and all no. it's just yeah. another brick in the wall, though, Kevin. <laughs> oh, <that's true>. uh, <laughs> how do you know? Somebody just went out back at Kroger's and picked up a chunk of. Was like like the plus, concrete that's just broken up there. Like, plus, ah, right. let's, let's doesn't, doesn't that just track with America? Make that's kind of fucking of disgusting. We're going to profit off this yep. fucking wall. Amen, <laughs> hey, brother. <laughs> we are capitalists through and through, aren't we? Don't, they, don't they sell dicks. pieces of the Trade Center? No. God, no. no if, so, if so, it would have to 100% go to some kind of like... I know they display pieces from maybe, the place. Yeah, they display pieces. Maybe if they did that, which I doubt they would because that is tacky as fuck. Like, that's disgustingly tacky because like thousands of people died. But if so, the money would have to 100% go to some kind of mm-hmm. charity. They would have to. It's tacky as fuck, but it would not be, see, be surprised. You're right. No, that. that's I'd why... I'd find it on I, Etsy somewhere. Right? Not Etsy. Mm-hmm. eBay. You might see it on eBay. I don't know if it would actually be what they're claiming it is. Note to self business idea. <laughs> look, look at this nice scarf I made out of the World Trade Center on Etsy. <laughs> or or this this scarf used to belong to someone that Oh, oh, oh I could no, see that. I can no, see no, 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 I can see someone doing that. No, stop, stop. <laughs> Stew, you morbid motherfucker. God. <laughs> the royal penis is clean, your highness. <laughs> the thing is, no one knows that that's a sounder. It just sounds like you randomly said that for no reason. <laughs> I need to just start clipping parts of you guys saying weird shit and just playing it right in the middle so it just sounds like you randomly say weird shit in the middle of the show for no reason. <laughs> like, what the fuck is happening to Stewart? <laughs> Steve's like, what if they found it? No. <laughs> got, these, got these pair of sneakers. Hardly dirty. <laughs> They're Jordans. <laughs> Oh God! I mean, I don't try to joke about that, but like, I wouldn't put it past someone. <laughs> no, I no, mean, yeah. I don't put anything past anyone. You're right. You're absolutely 100 percent correct. People are disgusting. Man. Selling at CPAC. <laughs> <laughs> right next. <laughs> we are not a political show, although we're doing <laughs> political stuff. But I do. I said this to Jordan earlier. I do have to point this one thing out. A lot of like Uber Trump supporters are also like conservative Christians, which is fine. You know, I I believe in God. It's all good, but. 
How do they not see the irony in having a giant golden statue? How do they not cut like... It's kind of like the the Solid Rock Church making a giant statue of Jesus, and when really, his literally... The five-dollar foot long? No. Well, the Literally, the right hand of God was struck by lightning. (laughs) And and it burned him down. And the dumbasses built another one with a giant lightning (laughs) rod sticking out of his head. And big the, butter Jesus. Yep. Big the five dollar foot, foot long. Five dollar foot dong Jesus. Because it's like this now. I said long. I didn't say dong. <laughs> you don't. Don't. No. You're. You can go to hell. I'm not going with you. <laughs> <laughs> See how we do in this show. One we foot just dong. Yeah. Damn. That's where we go. We just go down in the show. Five foot dong. Five foot yeah. dong. Winds nah, of change. That's, that's Winds, too big, Winds man. of Come change on. is a fantastic. Song. It is really a good song. Though. It is a good song. Actually, yeah. most of the songs on this, it was as I'm listening, I was getting real caught up in the songs themselves. I was actually listening to some of them. I, was, um, I know. We I heard you too. <laughs> Another masturbation set. I, I, I was trying to. Oh, watch. winds of change. <laughs> and the next one on the list, I'm sowing my seeds of love. What? <laughs> we didn't start the fire. <laughs> Friction did. <laughs> I don't want to give away all the songs, but something's burning and ain't. <laughs> God, it's burning. Um, <laughs> take that, Mister Wendell. I think <laughs> didn't make the list. But I know. But I mean, it did. But <laughs> it just didn't make it on tonight. Uh, we both had a couple that we left off. But um, what's really telling about that, though, what you were just saying, and I was just talking about getting caught up in these, is that's how important these songs all became. So what you're going to hear time and time again, "99 Red Balloons." She just wrote the song. She didn't expect it to be what. It, was they don't i think i think winds of change they probably knew it might have a little more effect but some of these songs these the bands wrote them not expecting it to affect people the way it did and and a lot of these songs are credited for being part of what brought some of this stuff to the attention of of pop culture of people that just weren't paying attention otherwise which is really cool that music can do that and i'm not gonna lie i was as i was listening to a few of these and I was just sitting there kind of, I was like, you kind of, if you really stop as you're like making notes and reading about them, you like really feel the emotional impact. You're like, mm. damn, this song is, this song's fucking heavy. <laughs> it really is. So, uh, winds of change. Did you check out the podcast at all? No, no. I mean, I saw the I name, might check into I, it now. I did cool. look into the, see if the, there was any other videos that had been made of wind of change. No one seems to have. Try to re-record it or anything no like that. No remakes of it. I actually thought somebody remade it, but I don't remember who it was. I don't. Uh, Probably somebody. From I what I saw, I didn't rando. see anybody. But because uh, I saw it when I was looking it up to do it, but it was probably just some random, you know, not some YouTuber. Probably not some major man. Next one's a little different, uh, but it fits really well. Kevin, do you know the band? No. 
Yeah. What the hell? Come on, you just listen to the lead. Well, we know what band. album we'll make him listen to. <laughs> this is Metallica. No, oh. this is the song "Injustice for All" off the album "Injustice yes. for All." So this song, and actually the entire album, yeah. is very political, is. which is uh, a and very huge awesome. um, divergence for them. They're not; they weren't up until this point known for doing mm. or saying anything political. Except but this whole album. Uh, kind of became that way. The song is about how money is becoming more important than actual justice, which is the basic theme of the entire album. Throughout the song, James Hetfield can be heard saying that justice is raped, referring to Lady Justice, who is on the cover of the album. What he means is that justice is becoming overruled by money. Here's some of the lyrics for you. Mm-hmm. Halls of justice painted green, money talking. Power wolves beat, uh, beset your door. Hear them stalking. Soon you'll please their appetite. The ultimate vanity. Exploiting their supremacy. I can't believe the things you say. I can't believe. I can't believe the price you pay. Nothing can save you. Justice is lost. Justice is raped. Justice is gone. Uh, The lyrics address political and legal injustice as seen through the prism of war, censorship, uh, censored speech, and nuclear brinkmanship. Uh, this pre uh, this song and the album were quite the departure from the violent re- retaliation of the previous records. Tom King writes that for the first time, the lyrics. I was like, I did hit on pause, right? I did. <laughs> Fuck, that would have been great and and horrible. Tom King writes that for the first time, the lyrics dealt with the political and and, and environmental issues. He said the only other band applying ecological lyrics to thrash was Nuclear Assault, whom I don't even know who that is, and not just singing about Satan and Egyptian plagues. On this album, Hetfield wrote about topics that he had never addressed before. Lars Ulrich describes the writing process as their CNN years, with he and Hetfield watching the channel and search for song subjects. I'd read about the blacklisting thing. We'd get a title, the shortest straw, and a song would come out of that. Concerns about the state of the environment, blackened, uh, corruption, and justice for all, and blacklisting and discrimination, the shortest straw, are emphasized with traditional existential themes. Issues such as freedom of speech and civil liberties, eye of the beholder, are presented from a grim and pessimistic point of view. One was unofficially nicknamed an anti-war anthem for the lyrics which portrayed the suffering of a wounded soldier. You've heard one, I'm sure. Probably. Darkness imprisoning That's me. That's the one you don't like. I hate that song. It drones. And then when he gets to the metal part that everybody loves, all he does is list shit. That it, Landmine has taken my sight, taken my nose, taken my earrings, taken my feet, taken my tongue. I'm like, what is he doing? It's based off a movie um, called Tommy Get Your Gun or Johnny Get Your Gun or something about. I think it's Johnny Get Your Gun. It's about a guy who... Steps on a landmine, and it blows off his arms and legs, and pretty much makes him. He can't speak, he can't see, and but they keep him alive. And at one point, and you'll you don't have to see the movie because they actually I heard the movie is pretty boring, but they tell you all of it in the video. He's like tapping his head, and they can't figure out why, and they figure out he's doing Morse code for just kill me, just kill me. Anyway, uh, if I were to make you listen to Metallica album, it would totally be the Black album though. No, right. Ride the Lightning's pretty damn good too though. But uh, Black Album's the one. That's I don't know. I think I like Master of Puppets pretty, pretty, pretty I, good. I, yeah. that's, you go to that one a lot. I feel like that might be one of your favorites. But the Black Album is kind of universally 
Like even for people who weren't in that like genre of music, that one was kind of accepted a little more. But uh, yeah, Injustice for All, the entire album is politically based, like a whole thing. Is Master of Puppets have a Often Never Neverland on there? Nope. No, that was black. That's the black the album. Black album. Okay. It doesn't have a title. It's just a black cover, so everybody calls it the black album. And that's under Sandman, the yeah. song. Night Neverland. There's a great story about Stuart and Seek and Destroy. No. <laughs> <laughs> but now I have to tell it. Is it masturbation related? No. <laughs> Oddly enough, no. But it is sexual. And so it's we, not masturbation related. So we went related. to see a, a Metallica cover band. Damn it. And Stu is fucking wasted. It was my birthday. We got him shit-faced and then some. And the dude, the lead singer's up there, and it's like, Seek and Destroy has this like riff. It's like, and then he stops. It like cuts for a second. He's holding the microphone out to people, and they're yelling shit. And, uh, you know, he goes, I just didn't understand what, what made mine different. And he, because of how you said it, he hands the mic to Stu, and Stu goes, eat pussy. <laughs> and everybody stops for a second. Even the lead singer's like, because everybody's like, you know, Kill them all, or you know, whatever. Stu's like, eat pussy. <laughs> like it was. Like, Tony has a beer in each hand. He fell asleep on the speaker, the monitor. Shit! Like really? laid his head. To, he was really actually drunk. Uh, get, groped the woman. Oh god, that was hilarious. Nah, not really groped, but you groped her. Uh, I mean, at first she seemed into it, and then she wanted to whoop my ass. Stu kept like she was in front of him, kind of dancing sexy. This yeah. was years ago. So he kind of yeah, like twenty years he ago. Kind of like she's kind of flirting with him. She was okay. She was asking for it. <laughs> <She> Me <was>. too. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll defend him because she let it be known she wasn't interested, and he backed away to fuck off. He did not proceed. You got another marshmallow on the floor, man. <laughs> so you know he kind of. I don't know what he was doing, but I think he kind of touched her a little bit. She seemed into that. Did you touch her marshmallows? <laughs> so he I touched her taco. Oh, I thought you just grabbed her ass. No, it went underneath. Well, shit, what the son? fuck, dude? I'm not cutting that out of the show. You said it yourself. That's your problem. Ooh. I thought you grabbed her I ass. I was drunk, dude. He was really drunk. I was fucking hammered. Not she turned around and gave him a look. He's like, whoa, I'm sorry. He should have seen the fear in his face. She was smiling, even when she turned around. and I don't know what she said to him, because it was loud. Yeah, it was. But a, his I, face was like, <gasps> I, don't, I don't know what said either, but I know I backed off. He backed way off. It was pretty funny. Not, not that Stu just got rapey with the girl, but that the girl was going to kick his ass, and that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> the thoughts and actions of uh, Stuart Diamond does not reflect the risk. Honestly, though, I mean, she was flirting with him, and I mean, he was doing stuff, and she seemed into it mm-hmm. till he crossed that line. I didn't know that's the line he crossed. I thought he You went down to ass. the border, didn't you? Yeah, that's, that's kind of far there, buddy. <laughs> For some random chick. Touching this was also 20 years ago. Touching some tacos. <laughs> God. I don't really like my friends. <laughs> you can isolate that one. I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. Either way, it works. Yeah. yeah. And here's Stewie. You use your tongue prettier than a twenty dollar whore. Maybe. That's 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 like fifteen dollars more than the Hamilton hookers. Oh, whoa. <laughs> and seventeen fifty more than the Middletown ones. Yeah. <laughs> Just like you know, the throw. 
Uh, let's move on because I don't like where you that story went. Middletown, though. Southern Franklin. Yeah. I don't like Middletown adjacent. I don't like yeah. where story Stewie went with that story. I never knew that all that these years, dark. and I'm a little Hello. creeped out. Mm-hmm. Next one. I've been to her place. Zika on your face and mud on your shoes. One of these days you're gonna call it the blues. Yeah. What band is this, Kevin? Oasis? Here's I know. Oh, God. Oasis? Close. God, no. don't kick your ass for saying that. It kind of reminds me of the Beatles. Showing the season of love. Yes, there's, there's like a, a reason like the this song, they did that intentionally with this song. That was intentional for this song. Actually, that'll be brought up. Right. Sowing the Seeds of Love is by British rock group Tears for Fears. It was released as the first single from the 1989 album, The Seeds of Love, and was a worldwide hit, topping the Canadian RPM top singles chart and reaching the top ten in Ireland, Italy, the Netherlands, New Zealand, Spain, Sweden, and the United Kingdom. In the United States, it reached number two on the Billboard Hot 100. It was written in June of 1987 during the week of the U.K. general election in which Margaret Thatcher and the Conservative Party won a third consecutive term in office. The election prompted Roland... Oh, God. Roland Orzabal... That's the dude. (laughs) ...to take an interest in politics and socialism. At the time of its release, he considered this to be the most overtly political song that Tears for Fears had ever recorded. The lyrics refer to Thatcher's election win with politician granny with your high ideals. Have you no idea how the majority feels? The song's title was inspired by a radio program that Orzabal had heard at the time about a man who was putting together a collection of traditional English folk songs. One of the more obscure songs was called The Seeds of Love, which he had learned about from a gardener called Mr. England. Reflected in the lyrics, Mr. England, Sowing the Seeds of Love. The song incorporates a number of musical styles and recording techniques with a number of reviewers considering considering it a pastiche of the Beatles produced in a style reminiscent of their 1960s output. Hmm. Is it me or does anybody anybody hears Margaret Thatcher? They think of Austin Powers. All I think of is him back when we did Obscure 80s. (laughs) Talking about, and every time he says her name, he tries to... Add like a British. Hello, Governor. <laughs> no, not you. Do I go Betty Hill with it? Or no, what? just <laughs> went Margaret Thatcher. Margaret Thatcher, like that. Hello, Governor. <laughs> Lots of fish and chips. I'm Margaret Thatcher. I kind of do. <laughs> that does sound delicious. Because, because in England, chips are French fries, and that's yeah. So that's why I want them. Those are crisp. No, those no, are potato yeah. chips. And oh, cookie, that's right. And cookies are. Uh, scones. Oh, biscuits. Yeah, <laughs> what the right. fuck? <laughs> so you know nothing. Right. <laughs> scones. <laughs> scones, which I'm pretty sure is more like an, uh, uh, like a, uh, you know, Paris thing. Yeah. I don't fucking know. Yeah, that's weird. Though, so we we've gone German, twice. Yeah. No, we've gone German. Is anybody going to Germany? We've, we've gone German. We've gone nine, nine, Russian, nine. No, and now need, we're going you British. Need, you need to go Japanese. Hmm? <laughs> Anybody? You're racist. Anybody? A turning Japanese. <laughs> turning Japanese. You know, they tried to deny so. that that's what that song is about now. I'm like, bullshit. Yeah. Right. What else is it about? 
You're talking about oh. like staring at a freaking chair. For the few people out there who don't know what turning Japanese is supposed to be about, and it's totally, yeah, he's staring at a picture. Right. He's in the whole song, it's very racist nowadays, but turning Japanese is supposed to be the face you make when you hit climax. Right. And the song is, I mean, he's literally talking about looking at a picture of a girl. Yep. And. <laughs> it's all about masturbation. But all now, that's not what it's about. That's like yeah, saying relax, true. don't do it. Is uh, about that, too. Oh, well, no. I think they they fully admit that. Yeah. I mean, the, the line is literally <laughs> when you want to come. <laughs> I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any. Uh, some people would just, I mean, it's like, you know, it's like. Uh, Cindy Lauper. We did it. Yes. We did that, an episode. We we should reprise that episode yeah. from the obscure eighties. Now we did a song. Uh, songs bop, we didn't bop. know were about sex she when bop. we were kids. Well, I mean, Cindy Lauper straight up is like, oh no, she oh, yeah, is about masturbating. Is, yes, exactly. I mean, there's a line in it that says, you know, you'll go blind. I mean, it's it's pretty. <laughs> you know, she's pretty, but it's Cindy Lauper. She's a, I I love her. Mm-hmm. I would marry her today. She's Who wouldn't? Sweet. Yeah, she's rich. I would. Duh. And adorable. Well, yeah, yeah that's it. Quite and, fun. And fucking talented. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, my God, that chick can sing. Like, she is amazing. And, you know, she was a punk. And she's like, no, she bops totally about girls masturbating. I want Actually, she did it as a way to empower it because she didn't think it was right that women aren't allowed to talk about shit like that. <laughs> like, you're amazing. By the way, all dudes are okay if women talk about that. We're Totally fine. I approve. (laughs) Me too. Can I I watch? I I doubt this day and age it's approved. Why wouldn't everything's frowned upon now? Here he goes. He's wrong, by the way. I think (laughs) women empowerment is not frowned upon at all. No, not at all. See, I don't. Stewart soapbox. You got to stop watching Fox (laughs) News, Stewie. (laughs) Stewie's never watched Fox News. He doesn't watch the news. I don't watch the news. Because I'm a kid. <laughs> Everybody knows that meme, right? Like, oh, God. No. Okay. Look it up. Next song is Stewie's. <laughs> we talked about this one on the Obscure 80s. No, but I, I, I think this was mine on the Obscure 80s when we talked oh. about it. <laughs> I think we had an episode about it then. I don't think we ever did political songs. Yeah. No. I know we did. I have all the episodes. You're wrong. We probably talked about this song. And there's a lot of cowbell in this. I wonder if Walking's in it. I just fucking. I got a fever. Put some more cowbell. That's pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Jay. I can't do walking, so. Thank you, Jay. Neither can you. (laughs) (laughs) We just learned. Wait a minute. Wait. Oh, no. Oh, wait. You were the good one. Do do your walking again. Thank you, Jay. Wow. That was bad. Like he's in the room. I mean, that's better than anyone I've ever heard do Christmas walking. Yeah, cowbell. (laughs) (laughs) More cowbell. Uh, Beds Are Burning by Midnight Oil, 1987 song by the Australian rock band Midnight Oil. The first track from their album, Diesel and Dust. The song was released as the second single off the album. It reached number one in New Zealand, South Africa, and Canada. Number three in the Netherlands. Number five in France. Number six in the United Uh. Kingdom, Australia, and Ireland. Who did that? I know it wasn't him. I could see his microphone. Was that you? No. You liar. (laughs) 
<laughs> that was a good one. Uh, wow. Number 17 in the United States in Sweden. She admitted it. It was written after the band uh, toured through the Outback in 1986. They were playing remote Aboriginal com- uh, communities and seeing firsthand the seriousness of the issues in health and living standards. The song was written to criticize the way these populations were often forcibly removed from their lands, highlighted by the pre-chorus line, It belongs to them. Let's give it back. I always knew it was like some kind of uh, political thing, but I didn't realize what it was about. Yep. The the band never expected the song to hold so much power, but it has been used for years as a rally cry. Yeah, it's totally about uh, the aboriginals who were done sort of like the Native Americans were done here, Mm -hmm. only... I really don't know about it worse. Neither both of them are very similar in the in yeah. the style that things were done. The Aboriginals have been treated are still sometimes treated like complete garbage and second class citizens. Um, and there's a lot of alcoholism and things like that, and they still live in like communities that have been allotted for them and stuff like that. So I'll take a banana. <laughs> <laughs> that was Yeah, you will. I'll take a banana. Uh I don't care. Bring me a pickle. <laughs> we're, I just want the world to know Believe it or not We're referencing beer Yes <laughs> Actually do you, Can I have a Dos Equis? I'll take one of those That stands for balls Two balls <laughs> I don't, I don't think that it does <laughs> Dos Dos, dos, dos. Um, But yeah So the aboriginals Were treated very much like Native Americans Yeah um, In the United States Although what I'm not excusing anything, uh, but at least in their defense, the country was originally like a, a a bunch of criminals were thrown over there in America. We were just assholes, <laughs> just because. <laughs> and 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 oddly enough, a company uh, a company a country that was a continent that was um, colonized by uh, like the criminals because it was a penal colony, and uh, some might say they had their shit together better than. He's a lot a, of other places. He's a penal. Uh, but God, yeah. It's so like, the song is still used as a rally cry because, uh, much like certain conditions around here, I mean, the the Aboriginals are still not always treated. Suck it down there, Kevin. Wow, um, that was, dude. You want feed up and everything? Any chance you want to spend the night tonight? Stop <laughs> it! Stop touching my fish taco. Hey, I that's, got, that's I, my Margaret. I got Thatcher. the candle going on. Good thing I was about to try to get real serious about shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, it's all right. No, We've been this, drinking. It's this okay. show, you know. It's just how it goes. Uh, no, but it's 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 kind of a sad thing when you think about, um, especially when you think about, like, Aboriginal culture and you think about Native American culture in the States and the mm-hmm. fact that they're still, I mean, uh, they're still largely ignored. Yeah. Like, I mean, the, the, the fact that there's still issues is largely ignored. The Aborigines, the Maori culture as well, uh, New Zealand. It's, yeah, it's messed up. It's really messed up. And this song uh, really hit home. Like, again, they were touring through. And Midnight Oil, is, they're, they're an Australian band. and But they, I mean, it's kind of that same thing. How many people in the States, I mean, you hear people talk about, well, Native Americans, you know, we need to treat them right. But do you? <laughs> you know, you say it, but do you do it? I think it's the same thing there. They were traveling right, we, around. We lose our money to the, in the casinos. The, yeah, well, the casinos are one of the few things that have been make, given to them. They give you know? our mo- take our money, so there you go. Well, you're done. Well, to give it to them. <laughs> all right, man. Well, all's forgiven. Yeah. <laughs> take my money. Consider it even. <laughs> Smooth. <laughs> God. 
So what he's saying is if we give the aboriginals some casinos, it's all good. <laughs> oh, no, they made their own casinos. We didn't give it to them. Uh, on land. That Stop was. saying oh. we. That's what I'm getting. <laughs> Do not put me in this. Anywhere in this. Are you a Native American? <laughs> no, I'm a buffalo soldier, so <laughs> leave me out. Stop saying we. I don't want to be a part of this. Oh, but if we're going to get real political with it, you got to consider they built those casinos on land that we gave them, we as America, after we took it from them Stop in the first place. We. I referenced what we I was talking about. <laughs> I meant we, the, the royal we as the country itself, took the land from them, then said, you can have this little piece of shitty part back. And it's shitty, but you can have it. And they were like, you know what? Fuck you. We're going to build a casino. We're going to take your fucking money. <laughs> no, they were, they were treated really shitty, and so were the, the aboriginals, and they still are. Uh, if, you, if you ever research or read up about it, they're not always treated so well even today and they are looked down upon as second class citizens and uh probably an important thing to list is aboriginals are are well they're black because they're not from africa they're from australia you can't call them african i think Australians. Black. you can't call them african australian no you can't <laughs> i want to go to australia and see i i just want one aboriginal to go just as complete smart as like nah mate I'm African Australian, because <laughs> I would die five the shit out of that dude. Like you're the best. Yes. <laughs> All right, everybody, do your Australian. That's fine. Fosters. Fetch a white sandwich. From what I hear, the Aussies hate, hate yeah. Fosters. What did you just say? They hate it. No. What did you just say? Sandwich. What kind of sandwich? Vegemite sandwich. Oh, I thought you said Thatchermite. I'm like, what the fuck is a Thatchermite sandwich? Margaret Thatcher. I thought you said Vegemite. <laughs> Margaret Thatcher sandwich? Uh, come on, guys. Australian. Mm. Let's hear it. Everybody got to do it. We did it before. We all just... <laughs> Put another shrimp on the bone. There you go. Oh, you no, took my line. Come on. That dingo ate my baby. Just go with that. That dingo ate my baby. There you go. She took my line. Well, you can do the yeah. same line. We just want to hear your impression. Oh, go for it. Do it. Do it. Wait, okay. I, like, I can do one. <laughs> That's not a knife. This is a knife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's like, can open it. Be a guppy. 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 Come on down to Outback. We're your family. <laughs> like, that was so, I don't even know where I went at the end there. <laughs> Didn't, weren't you one that said something about uh, shrimp or not on a Barbie or barbecue? No. Something what? like that? I've never said that. Nope. Put another shrimp on a Barbie. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, the way to Jason's heart is if you're a shrimp. semi-attractive girl with an Australian accent. That's why my... my uh, phone app I changed to the Australian mm-hmm. accent which is great when I tell it to call Stewie mine's a boy that's Australian too. yeah see and that's why he's got Kleenex in the car when he uh, has does he sound like Yahoo serious Kleenex I love Yahoo serious <laughs> there's what a young Einstein I will tell I will tell the phone I'll, co- I'll say call Stewie and my phone goes calling Stewie <laughs> I'm like yeah <laughs> says every name of every road wrong and I get to the wrong places but it's all good <laughs> yeah young Einstein and um, Reckless Kelly and which is an interesting story. Whatever happened to that guy? I think he's still popular in Australia. Yahoo Serious? He became the Energizer guy from the Energizer battery. Did he really? No. I was just making that shit up. (laughs) (laughs) But there was like Energizer hat. No, I think it was either Duracell or Energizer. Uh, Which one? There was this Australian dude who like was hawking batteries for (laughs) 
some battery company. I forget. I've been drinking. I think he was. I think his popularity in in Australia stuck around. For I like a long his time. excuse. But Reckless Kelly is based on a true story of the Kelly family. And if you've never read the story. Oh, yeah, Nick wow. Kelly and all yes, that. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but he kind of liked to do that thing where he, they took, you know, same with uh, Young Einstein. Mm. It's like not, it's their version of what happened. So it's pretty good. So it's not like uh, the, um, let's see, uh, Mick Jagger version of the Nick Kelly story. Did you say but virgin or virgin? He did say virgin. It sounds virgin. like virgin. I'm sorry. Virgin. So remember how earlier I said somebody on this list is, and I love this person. I love them a lot, but their lyrics are often really corny. And even in this song, even though I hate saying that because the song is about something very powerful, mm. but I can't help it because he's pretty corny. Okay. Try that again. You know about time. Slavery was wrong, and the Holocaust was wrong. <laughs> Stevie is a wonderful yeah. singer and talented, but his lyrics are often corny. His who? Stevie Wonder. Wonder. Oh, his stuff from the eighties and nineties. Yeah, but I still love it. It's corny uh, yeah. as it is. But like you said, like, it is corny. Just called to say I love you is so cheesy. But I, I'll be in my car. I just called. called. Like I don't care. Yeah. Uh, but this, dance just like him. But this is thank you. This is it's wrong by Stevie Wonder. Uh, it's wrong apartheid. Um, off the 1985 album In Square Circle, this song was dealing with apartheid. Uh, this was a. <laughs> uh, there was no subtlety here. <laughs> Uh, as you could hear in the chorus, the chants over and over again how apartheid is wrong, 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 like slavery is wrong, 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 and the Holocaust was wrong, wrong, wrong. Um, it's both accusatory and uplifting, which is weird, uh, suggesting that in our hearts, even the people committing these atrocities know that it wasn't right and karma is going to get them in the end, but that the world will come together and freedom will win. Um, I love the first, like the opening cor- uh, verse. He basically tells them that Satan ain't even on your side because even Satan knows this shit ain't right. <laughs> <laughs> like it's pretty great. Um, he basically wrote the song. Um, he said he, he he wanted to do something after reading an article. I love that the, the thing I got my notes on were like he read. The, it said I didn't add this to my notes, but it's funny enough to add it now. But he said like I I read an article in Braille. Well, duh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch it on the news? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's really cool is um, the chorus of the song is sang in English, and it, I can't say this, so forgive me. And answer, and it's going to come up again. Zosa, X H O S A. It's it's an African dialect. Is all I know. Anyway, um, so he sings it in English, and then it's answered in Zosa. By a chorus of South African exiles. Uh, Wonder wrote the song after reading an article in Newsweek about the apartheid and its effects. Mr. Stevie Wonder said, I wanted to speak out and do it in a way where people would feel the rhythm of it, but also get the message across in a peaceful way that's also strong. And the message to people of South Africa is, hold on tight. The whole world is with us. Freedom is coming. I want to participate in anything else uh, that's going to be meaningful to the people there. Um. This is it's it's very much a Stevie Wonder song. Yeah, um, Stevie doesn't really have sad songs, and and that's kind of his thing, right? It's kind of like 
you got to be joyous in everything you do kind of thing, which is kind of cool. Mm. And he wanted, like you said, he wanted to get the message across. And he felt like he needed to say something, but he wanted to do it in a real Stevie fashion. Right. And that is totally a Stevie fashion. They make a big deal about the fact that this song was the first song to have this specific synthesizer used. And Stevie Wonder was talking about it in the article going, it's really amazing because it sounds like I'm using all these instruments, but it's just a synthesizer. And I'm like, no, it sounds, it sounds like a synthesizer. Yeah. <laughs> but you got to remember at the time, it was kind of a big deal. Right. Um, so I won't dwell on this song too much, but I will go into the next song, which on the other hand is very impactful to me. I love this song a lot, which is also, uh, about the apartheid. So but this is by an artist I love, and this is a song I adore. Peter Gabriel. Thank you for getting one right. I would have had no clue. Really? I love this album. Zero. How do you not know Peter Gabriel's voice? Sledgehammer. Sledgehammer. Right, but it's still the same voice. Same album. Doesn't sound like it, though. Yeah, it does. Sounds just like him. Not very upbeat. Not all his stuff is upbeat. No. I only know Sledgehammer. No, you Not don't. enough claymation. No. That's totally like a lie. you've heard. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Rain. In my eyes, or in uh, your eyes. Mm-hmm. You've heard a lot. You've heard Shock the Monkey. Shock the Monkey. I heard Red Rain, maybe. I don't know if he's heard Red Rain. Um, he's probably heard Salisbury Hill. Yeah. And Biko is an anti-apartheid protest song by Peter Gabriel. It was really. I have a lot on this, but it's very important stuff. It was released as a single in 1980 and was inspired by the death of South African and apartheid activist Steve Biko who died after being beaten while in police custody on the 12th of September, 1977. Gabriel wrote the song after hearing of Biko's death on the news. Gabriel had an interest in South African music styles, and the song carried a sparse two-tone beat played by Brazilian drums and vocal percussion. In addition to a distorted... (coughs) I lost my place because my stupid screen. In addition to a distorted guitar and a synthesized bagpipe sound. The lyrics, which included phrases in... Zosa describe Biko's death and the violence under the apartheid government. The song is bookended with recordings of songs sung at Biko's funeral. Bantu Stephen Biko was a founding member of the South African Students Organization and the Black People and the Black People's Convention in 1972. He prompted the idea of the Black Consciousness Movement and became a prominent member of the resistance to apartheid in the 70s. The government of South Africa placed a banning order on him in 1973, preventing him from leaving his hometown, from meeting with more than one person, from publishing his writing and speaking in public. They, of course, arrested him in August of 1977 for breaking this banning order. He was held in custody for several days, during which time he was interrogated and severely beaten by the policemen questioning him. He suffered numerous injuries, including some to his head, and passed away on September 12, 1977. News of his death spread quickly and became a symbol of the abuses perpetrated under the apartheid government. Biko's position as an individual who had never been convicted of a crime led to the death being reported in the international press, and he thus became one of the first anti-apartheid activists widely known internationally. This song was banned in South Africa, where the government saw it as a threat to security. Biko was a personal landmark for Peter Gabriel, becoming one of his most popular songs and sparking his involvement in human rights activism. It also had a huge political impact, and along with other contemporary music, um, uh, projects such as Sun City has been called 
arguably the most significant South African anti-apartheid protest song. It's a lot. (laughs) So, Stu, we're going to put you on the spot a little bit. Do you know what the apartheid is? I've heard it. A lot of people had. I actually didn't know. We watched a movie. Is it the separating of water? Uh, apart tight. Tight. No. That's, uh, <laughs> that was bad even for you. <laughs> uh, so, do you want to kind of explain? You probably explain the, a little bit better than me. I, I, I know the basics of it. Uh, people hear Africa and they assume certain things, but it's not what you assume. The apartheid movement is sort of like the Jim Crow era um, here over in South Africa and basically well South Africa and a few other African Wait, countries. Hold up. What's Jim he Crow? He doesn't know what Jim Crow is. Jesus Christ, dude. Okay. <laughs> I know who he is. <laughs> Do you? Are you sure you know who Jim I say his name Wouldn't all the time. Wouldn't it be great if he went? Wait, wait, wait. Who's Jesus Christ? Now you guys are just confusing the hell out of me. All right. Let's So Jim- one needs to understand oh. that even though we all think Oh, Africa, black people. That's not the way this works. And there is a huge That's why people in contingency. Africa. Right. In fact, a lot of the government. And there's a huge racial divide because of it. Yeah. Oh, okay. And the apartheid movement was sort of a segregation thing that went on for a long when You know who Nelson Mandela was? Yes. Okay. All, All right. of this plays part. Believe it or not, no. <laughs> okay. So you know how white people cannot stand <laughs> black people in the South and a few other areas here, right? Yeah. Right? Okay. Uh, All right. Now we're getting there. Okay. Now it's the same in South Africa. A little different, but pretty much the same. And when you hear people talk about Jim Crow laws, we won't get real deep into it, but there were certain laws that were put into place even after black people were emancipated, emancipated, where where slavery was abolished. Certain states, mostly Southern, put in weird laws that pretty much only affected black people so they could still do things like arrest them for ridiculous shit. Well, that's that's the simplest way to boil it down. Yeah. it gets way more in depth than that, but Jim Crow laws existed for a long time. In, in some so, who the hell is Jim do. Crow? I don't believe Jim Crow's like I, a specific. I, I always person. assumed it was more of a racial yeah. term, but I don't think there was. Well, Crow is kind of yeah, okay. So, who's Jim? I, I think it's like it. I, I, there's there's a not lot really of stuff a that, person yeah. associated. It just don't want to say it because it's been around. It, because that's what they said. It's been around for a long, long time, way before we were around. So some things you just don't know. Do you know why we say okay? Sure. Uh, no, you don't. And why do we say sure? Because it's it's a it's word. It's part of language. But okay isn't. It's an abbreviation for two words. It's actually one. No, it's not. O period, K period is how you say okay. That's not O-K-A-Y. That's not correct. That's just what people do now. What I'm saying is there's lots of things you say because we've just always said it. Doesn't uh, mean we know why. Okay. Anyway. So apartheid yeah. was you were I was uh, explaining briefly what Jim Crow laws were to him. So apartheid very brief, like that's the simplest form. Apartheid is just a lot of segregation between black and white citizens of South Africa. Thanks to and, the wonderful government. Yeah, pretty much. It's it has a really dark history. Um, guys like the, Steve Biko, all he did was like 
I mean, he was peaceful, and he would he would you know speak up and have movements, and because of that, they told him you're not allowed. We're going to put a banning. This is this is kind of what a Jim Crow law would have been. Here's a silly law. We're going to tell you you're not allowed to meet with more than one person. You're not allowed to speak in public. You're not allowed to write anything. If you do, and you are not allowed to leave your hometown. And so, if you sounds do, like the coronavirus. If you do no, that, not even close. We're going to arrest you. And they arrested him. Lord knows if he even broke one of those laws. They just finally decided to arrest him. Then when they were interrogating him, they beat the shit out of him, and he died of head trauma. Very similar gotcha. to what happened to black people in the South. So it's and to the Aborigines. But apartheid went on for. I mean, I guess it's. To some degree. Uh, I mean, I still think it's sort of going on a little bit. Since uh, the Dutch went over to South Africa and... Damn you and your wooden shoes. <laughs> That's a real thing, by the way. Oh, yeah. Really I actually owned a pair. Fucking wooden shoes. I actually owned a pair. So, anyways... Of course uh, you did. So it Sister became, Law's Dutch. It became news, and Peter Gabriel heard about it, and being Peter Gabriel, he researched... The hell out of it and wrote a song. And Thank you for being an ally, Mr. It's a, Peter Gabriel. It's a wonderful song, that album. So there's a, there would be a great album for you to listen to. Is so I mean you know three or four songs off of it, but it's such a good album. You probably that's the album that you would reckon like Shock the Monkey, uh, Sledgehammer. Uh, you would probably know three or four songs off of there. So. And if we have any South African listeners, who says Kevin, you completely effed this up. You've been drinking. You know, let me explain it. Going ahead. This is America. Yeah. America, we only know what we need to know. We don't give a shit about the rest. <laughs> <laughs> so we actually have one more song, which we're not anywhere, but we'll we'll talk about after we do this last song, which is uh, one of sort of Stewie's. It was going to be mine. No, we got more than one. What I'm talking about, we got two more songs. Uh, three more songs. We got a lot more songs. <laughs> But this next one is one of Stewie's. I was going to take it, but Stewie said it, and I said, well, fuck, you can have it, because it's a great song. I Either thought way, that was Midnight Oil. It was that. That was what the one I was going to take, and then this is a different song. You're right. He <laughs> <laughs> looked at me like, he looked at me for a second like, huh? And he goes, oh. Because <laughs> he's like, cause he's like where, if you just pretend like you are you know what you're saying, yeah, 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 yeah. people believe you for a long time, even if you're not saying anything at all. You just look, like, yeah, I'm 100% sure about Kinda what I'm like saying. like former... Whatever his name is. President? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's okay. You can say it. it, it obviously, it worked. You just make shit up right on the spot. People believe you. It's all good. Uh, this is one of Stu's. This is a fantastic song, too. And now we're going to go to a completely different part of the uh, world. We're going to go to Ireland with this one. Such a wonderful song. Except for that. We won't. We'll, we'll talk about it. Am I alone in thinking her voice is kind of sexy? It is. It's very sad. Like when she does that fighting, like, no, it's, real high pitch. It's, 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 it's just, I don't know. It's very sad. She died way too soon, way too early. She's like 60, right? Yeah, something like that. 60? I don't think 
maybe fifties. Yeah. I think she was nearing sixty, but I don't think she, I, th- I want to say she was like fifty-eight or fifty-seven. Um, Oddly enough, I kind of knew a little bit about this song. Well, I mean, I did too. So uh, obviously, nineteen ninety-four, uh, "Zombie the Cranberries." Um, this is an anti-war Our song. Our graduating year. Speaking out against the violence caused by the conflict in Northern Ireland, which was making the news headlines a lot at the time, mostly weekly, actually. On March 20th, 1993, one of two bombs was placed in a dumpster in Warrington City Center by Irish Republicans. It exploded, killing 12-year-old Tim, Tim Perry and 3-year-old Jonathan Ball, as well as injuring dozens more. Uh, when the news of the event broke out, the Cranberries were on tour in the UK, and lead singer O'Riordan... O'Riordan... What's her first name? Ha! I don't know either. It was just said O'Riordan and... Thing. Uh, was on their tour bus in London, and she said, I remember at the time there were a lot of bombs going off in London, and the troubles were pretty bad, she said. I remember being on tour and being in the U.K. at the time when the child died and just being really sad about it. Uh, These bombs are going off in random places. It could have been been anyone, you know? It's a tough thing. It's a tough thing. It's a tough tough thing. It's a tough thing to sing about. Uh, but when you're young, you don't think twice about things. You just grab it and do it. As you get older, you develop more fear and you get more uh, apprehensive. But when you're young, you have no fear. The song was written by Oriordan in an, uh, with an accompanying video in which the singer was painted gold and surrounded by silver-painted cherubs. It was intercut with footage of soldiers and children on the streets of Nord- Northern Ireland. Zombie went to number one in several countries, including the U.S. It was certified platinum in Australia and Germany. At the MTV Awards, the band beat Michael Jackson and TLC to win Best Song of the Year. And the band was asked to perform at the Nobel Peace Prize in 1988 when Ulster Ulster Unionist leader John Hume and SDLP leader David Trimble were honored. The song is still used today to express the futility of war and the unacceptable loss of innocent life. And yes, I am well aware that the remake was supposed to have her in it, and she passed away before they could do it. I honestly think they should have edited it. Maybe they didn't have it. No, I mean, they could have smashed this song. I hate it so much. It it might have been a different story. I mean, I... Had she been there with them, I think they tried to... As a tribute, I understand. I respect it as a tribute. They went ahead and released it. They actually, all proceeds of the song actually went to her kids. Which I think is wonderful. Um, The problem is, is that one fucking line. Because in the original, it's it's the same old thing since 1916. I think that's what... 2018. I I believe that she was doing that too. She probably was. And if she would have done it, it would have been a little better but it, i know that she was supposed to do the song with him i know all that right. and she passed away before she could wow. like matter of weeks yes um what did she have cancer i think so no it's very sad she's she was she was hot mm. and that voice and the cranberries were awesome like they're a fantastic band just in general but zombie was the song that kind of like can you know, anyone so. explain or tell me what zombie stands for well, they're dead people that come back to life. Okay. Why is she saying zombie? Then? I assume it's like something to do with being brain dead and not thinking, but I don't fucking know. Okay. Maybe that. Okay. I, I never, mean, that's I, where, never oh, I thought you were going to lay it. So I thought he was yeah. going to be like, well, the reason is. No. I, I, always, <laughs> I, I was, was going to lo- drop some knowledge. I was looking in there it. finding, trying to find out why they're calling it zombie. I don't know. 
I always I just couldn't get an exact made the answer. assumption that it was just you know. I mean, I like the song. It's kind of things cool. you're, you're thoughtless. Your actions are just. I uh, maybe you just act without thinking. Like when it comes to again, so we're talking about another culture. I mean, how much? And, and I am not going to pretend to know much about the the conflicts in Ireland that have been going on forever. I mean, Dairy Girls is a great show. Oh, check it, that it out. Takes place in the nineties. Yeah. It is a good show, but you know the IRA the. The Irish Republican Army. There's, I mean, this has been a, a civil war that's been going on for, God, ever. I will say this about the Irish. Yeah, they I mean, had Sons of Anarchy up there, didn't they? What? Yes. No, he's right. Huh? Uh, the IRA plays a part in the series Sons of Anarchy. They do, they do gun running for them at some point, and it, it's a, a whole thing. But huh. hey, if Stu's getting his knowledge from somewhere, that's still a good Dang. thing. Yeah, there's a whole thing where they do go to Ireland. Actually, there's a whole th- yeah. I know the Irish, you know, just has a pretty dark history with them and the royals and the British government. I know I, the IRA is like as big as the as the the mob used to be here. Yeah, I don't really know like what. I, I this is where I, my ignorance comes in. I don't know which side we're supposed to root for, but I'm pretty sure it's not the IRA. It is the IRA. <laughs> All right, Pat. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that was wow. That was a throwback reference yeah, there. Do you even know what that's what Pat is off of? Saturday Night Live. So yes. Yeah. <laughs> Are you gonna break out Toots is the cat too? <laughs> you want to Wow, Pat is totally a, a skit they wouldn't get away with these days. Oh yeah. Oh, I, they made a movie of that shit. Yeah, they I did. hated that skit. I hated that character. I always thought it was so stupid. One joke. Uh, one joke. And they did a Chris one, I think. No, that was wasn't that like her like boyfriend? Well, yeah, you don't know. <laughs> you never know. They never would tell you. Romantic partner. Yeah. That was the joke. That was the one joke. Like mm. they were always trying to figure out if if Pat was a Dude or a guy or a chick, and they would like. Maybe so, do you have a significant other? And it's like, yeah. Maybe they didn't know their identity at the time, so they're trying to. You see, that joke was made in a different time, nineties. <laughs> yes, it was funny then. I never thought it was funny though, uh, and I'm not uh, saying that as I was woke. No, I just didn't think it was funny. I'm like, oh god, here's a pap skit. I also didn't think unfrozen caveman lawyer was funny. Again, I love one fucking joke. But you I'm might man with your computers and your computers. That was the whole fucking joke, man. I'm we a lawyer. It. We get it. But I love the church lady. Uh, church lady. That's special. <laughs> and I loved coffee talk. Oh, oh coffee yeah. Talk. Any topic will do. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> um, oh, Saturday night. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know enough. I just know the conflict has been going on. But that's why this zombie was so huge. Because, again, this song introduced something to pop culture, something that we always kind of knew about, but most people weren't thinking about. And because of the song, a lot of people took interest. That happens a lot. You love a band, you hear a song, and you're like, what are they singing about? And then you go, and these days, it's even easier because we can Google the shit out mm-hmm. of it. But people wanted to know what they were talking about. And, and, and if you loved, let's say you were a huge fan of the Cranberries, and she's talking about a, a political issue. She's using her, her status as someone famous to... Focus your attention on something that's important. Uh, Midnight Oil did it. I mean, I'm going to take a stand and say 
I'm going to support the uh, IRA <laughs> while sitting down. I don't know. Uh, so I'm not claiming uh, your side. You're going to take a stand while sitting I, I down? Should, I should probably. I mean, I don't know that much about Irish history, See, but I know it's This is what's sad. Effed up. Looking at my skin, it's easy to tell the fact that I have a lot of Irish, uh, in Irish, uh, Scottish, And Welsh, I just found Irish. out I'm of Irish descent, too. Well, I consider myself black Irish, at, considering after, well, last after what happened over the weekend. You <laughs> totally I mean, are. You've been accepted now. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I kind of have. They gave you some drinks. They a, a leprechaun came in and knighted you. They gave me like, membership and shit. <laughs> well, you should have taken it. Well, I, I would, thought about when it. When you say knighted, they, what does that mean? Is that like right at the pooper or is that? Yeah, the leprechaun came and took it. it, it he knighted him. And in Irish culture, you have to take it up the pooper from a leprechaun to be knighted. Then you got to kiss yes. the Blarney Stone, which is your asshole. No, You know they make fun of people who kiss the Blarney Stone. I heard. That uh, never kiss the Blarney Stone. They go out, piss, they get drunk and piss on the Blarney Stone because they think it's funny because American tourists come out and kiss, kiss it. the Blarney Stone. Yeah. And you have to lean out over a wall to do it. Anyway. Yeah, you got. It's very awkward. Would you do it though? Just for the story. Yeah, fuck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I just kissed some Irishman's piss, and I sucked an Irish dick back there. But I was drinking Guinness. I had been Did drinking. they really drink Guinness in Ireland? I wonder. Yeah, I had been. When drinking. are we going to Ireland? That is a good question. No, I'm going to the, sa- the same time you were going to uh, England, probably. Mm. Mm-hmm. It would make sense. It's a hop, skip, and a I'm jump over. I'm hoping two years. <laughs> what was that? It's, it's a, a hop, hop, skip, and a jump, jump over. over. Or a boat ride over. If you're going to be in uh, England, you might as well go to a couple other places like Gay Paris. <laughs> and I don't... I mean, there's the channel we can take. I'm not really a... Do you gotta be I would go to Paris... Paris. But I'm not. That's not like what makes me. I would love to go to Ireland, though. I would totally mm. do that. So, um, but yeah, what, what I think is cool is that you get these these artists, and that's what they do. It's like I'm going to use my fame, and and I, a lot of them, even even her, she's like, I just wrote the song because I felt the song. It's no different than it's no different than Poison. It's no different than him saying, you know, um, I, I called my girlfriend and I heard a guy in the background and I wrote Every Rose Has Its Thorn because he was heartbroken. They're putting their same emotion into this stuff and their fans are like, well, I want to I want to know more. So I think it's pretty, pretty telling. Um, the next one is uh, Kevin's. So and this is a really good I. I, mean, I always I didn't know the backstory behind this. I knew what the song was about, but I never knew the backstory. So now I got to learn something, which is always a plus on the show because usually I don't learn shit and we just tell stupid jokes. Punish me with brutality. Talk to me, sister, so you can see. Obviously, this is what's going on by Marvin Gaye from 1971. Uh, The song's inspiration came from Ronaldo Obi Benson, a member of the Motown vocal group. What group? Ah, one of my dad's favorites, believe it or not. The Four Tops. Uh, So if you thought Marvin Gaye wrote this, you are mistaken. Um, after the group arrived, after Four Tops arrived at Berkeley on May 15th, 1969, while there, Benson witnessed police brutality and violence in the city's People's Park during a protest held by anti-war activists in what was hailed later as... The Berkeley Riots? Bloody Thursday. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, 
Upset, Benson said to author Ben Edmonds, watching things unfold, all he could think was, what is happening here? One question led to another. And why they are sending kids? Why are they sending kids so far from their families overseas? Why are they attacking their own children in mm-hmm. the streets? He then discussed what the situation with friend. Uh, he then discussed the situation with friend and songwriter Al Cleveland, who in turn wrote and composed a song to reflect Benson's concern. Benson wanted the other four tops to perform the song, but they said no. He said, "My partners told me it was a protest song," and he said, "No, man, it's a love song." And love about love and understanding. I'm not protesting. I want to know what's going on. But he really wanted the song to get out there. So in 1970, he gave it to Marvin Gaye. Gaye changed the lyrics. uh, I'm sorry, changed the melody and revised the song a little bit. And Benson said, Gaye added some things that were more ghetto, more natural, which made it seem like a story rather than a song. We measured him for the suit and he tailored the hell out of it. Gay himself has been inspired by social ills committed in the United States, citing the 1965 Watts riot as a turning point in his life in which he asked himself, with the world exploding around me, how am I supposed to keep singing love songs? Hmm. Gay was also influenced by emotional conversations shared between him and his brother Frankie, who had returned from uh, three years of service in the Vietnam War, and his namesake's cousin's death while serving. During phone conversations with Barry Gordy, who was vacationing in the Bahamas at the time, Gay had told Gordy that he wanted to record the protest song. To which Gordy said in response, Marvin, don't be ridiculous. That's taking things too far. I guess it's a good thing he didn't listen to Barry Gordy. Right. (laughs) Um, uh, He didn't take the advice. Uh, The song has helped deliver a powerful message to countless people. And holds up well. And we all know Mm -hmm. it to this day. Yes. It's Mm -hmm. a, I mean, we all know what's going on by Marvin Gaye. It's a fantastic song. And this is one of those ones where I'm, as I'm reading to do the notes and I'm, I'm like, it, it is a protest song, but it really is a love song. It really is like, and I could totally hear the four tops doing this song. Yeah. Um, it's a fantastic song. And what's really great is we have talked tonight about um, apartheid. We've talked about the uh, the the civil war in Ireland. We've talked about um, you know Germany and the Third World War, and now we're talking about uh, third. Yeah, she t- Nina was saying how we were on the br- brink of a. Third uh, World I was war. like, wait a minute! I didn't think we made the third yet. We haven't, but we've come close a few times. Yeah. That was her point. And now we're talking about you know anti-war. We're talking about protests going on about the Vietnam War because this song is primarily about people who got sent away to the Vietnam War and died. And they wrote the song after seeing protests. Um, so, so let's get let's get a little political here. Not really, but your feelings on the Vietnam War. I'm against it. So I'm of both sides. I'm against how it was handled. Mm-hmm. I understand the point they were trying to do. They were they believed or said that they were trying to help people. Um, I guess I just don't think it was handled very well at all, at all. And a lot of people were were killed and emotionally traumatized over a war. We didn't win anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like L- Lieutenant Dan, man, lost his legs. He did lose his legs, and. Um, well, inspired, uh, inspired a fishing, but I don't know where the fuck I'm going. <laughs> well, I'm uh, uh, my father was in the Vietnam War. What well, did he? What did he do? He was a pencil pusher. In yeah, Colorado, so was uh, my ex-wife's. Thank you for your he, service. But he did have he 
almost had to go. You know what, though? It doesn't matter. It was still an important job. Yeah. Heather's, uh, my ex-wife's father was also a pencil pusher during the Vietnam War. I mean, but, I mean, he didn't get sent across, but. But he had no say in that. That wasn't his choice. But Jay and I had a friend. Stu. Stu knew Jack. Oh, that's right. Knew a buddy who. I don't know Jack. Oh, yeah, I know Jack. (laughs) You don't know Jack. Well, our friend of ours, Jack Fisher, may he rest in peace, Mm -hmm. was apparently a major badass. He was a A Rambo. (laughs) He was a LARP, which is a long range. I don't know. They basically him and like three other dudes would get sent out by themselves. They would recon the area to make sure it was safe for other people to go. And um, he was a short dude, so he was like he was a little to, dude, yeah. Yeah, like going to the tunnels and whatnot. My ex wife's um uncle was also a little guy and he was a tunnel rat. Mm. And he tells stories about that shit too. So he was one of the crazy asses who had to climb down those little fucking tunnels and crawl around. But uh I won't share it on the show. Um but Jack told me a story once that he asked me never to tell anyone. <laughs> and uh he used to uh Get drunk, and let's just say he got drunk. He was fun. He got really drunk. I got to hear some stories. Mm. And why don't you boys take your shirts off? Let, let, let me just <laughs> let me just put it to you this way. I get let he, he asked me story. to come over one night. So he asked me to come over, and we're I won't I won't tell the story. But he says uh, it's a special occasion. So I come over. We're sitting out on his deck, which we did a lot. And he he'd start playing the uh, Jimmy Buffett. We start drinking beer, and it was always a nice time. But I found out this particular night. Why it was a special occasion is because it was the night one of his buddies died in Vietnam. And let's just say he proceeded to get really drunk, and I heard a very interesting story that was like, oh, my God. And it's very bizarre. And for us, um, of our age group, I think the Vietnam War hits yeah, pretty hard because we knew people. You know, this was a, a major thing, and you got to figure 1974-ish, you know. Mm-hmm. We knew people. We, and plus, we watched GI Joe cartoons all we the time. We did. We did. Um, and Forrest Gump. And so you got Forrest Gump. And Forrest Gump, yes. And you got to figure, like, these bands, you know, at this time period, you know, this song is written because they went and they saw people protesting and saw police attack them. Mm-hmm. This is just suggesting that the world doesn't change as much as we think it does. Mm-hmm. And they wanted, he wanted to write a song speaking up about it but he wanted to make it a love song he wanted to say this is what's going on in the world but we all need to love one another and make it a love song and although i could totally hear the four tops doing it it would have probably been amazing it would but it's marvin gay yeah man. he hits it <laughs> hey Stu, marvin gay what gonna listen to a little marvin gay tonight mm-hmm. like a candle <laughs> Get Get lit. candles already lit tonight i hear Brother, it's brother, been lit brother. for a while. <laughs> I've, I've been waiting for you. <laughs> we saw the way yeah. you chugged that beer. <laughs> yeah. Feet up and everything. Yeah. And we're back. Wait, they don't. They, there's no. We're back. Oh. There's literally no cut in the show. Dude. Now. Great song. It really is. Yes. Um, I think if Spanky were here, he would have been grooving over there. Oh, yeah. I like to watch when we do certain music and you just see Spanky do this. He just sort of goes. And he just sort of loses himself. And I think one of the fun things about Spank Dog is this, the music that like some of it you totally get that he likes it. And then every once in a while he comes in with a midnight train. <laughs> or as, as somebody over here said, what would you say? Midnight something to Austin. <laughs> midnight train. <laughs> off. 
But have you tried try it yet? Awesome. So she's about yeah, to try yeah, a yeah, banana beer. Oh, banana it's bread. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good shit. Uh, the last one is also uh, Kevin's. Um, I'll just, you know, here. Of course, Prince. Of course. Fuck you. If you could have... If Motley Crue would have done a political song, you would have listed it. True. Yeah, they did. Girls, girls, girls. It's... I think a lot of I've never heard of this one before Sign of the Times? Never Wow Off the album of the same name Sign of the Times Sign of the Times 1987 Prince uh, the title comes from a. I'll let him talk for a second. The title comes from a magazine called Sign of the Times, published by Seventh Day Adventist, believe it or not, encourages readers to lead a joyful Christian lives as they await the soon return of Jesus. Prince's parents, as we all know, and Prince a little bit, belong to the faith, so he was immersed in it growing up. In 2012, Suzanne Rogers, the album's engineer, told SoulTrain.com. The Prince made a conscious effort to write a song that took on an honest look at the world's major issues. The song deals with multiple issues from drugs, guns, and poverty to violence and war. The first line of the song hits with hits the AIDS uh, hits on the AIDS epidemic in France. A skinny man died of a disease with a little name. What about waterfalls? Uh, and he instantly makes people face the flip side of the hedonistic uh, lifestyle so many other R and B singers were praising. Uh, some of this probably would be frowned upon today. Some of the, uh, but Prince suggests that all these issues boil down to a restless spirit within the human race that would eventually lead us to death. It is silly. Uh, no, it is silly. No, when a rocket ship explodes and everybody still wants to fly, but some say a man ain't happy until he truly dies. Oh, why? He also takes a dig at the priorities of our nation. A sister killed her baby because she couldn't afford to feed it. Yet we're sending people to the moon. He didn't pull any punches in this song. Not a he, fan uh, of NASA, apparently. He uh, he definitely just started swinging uh, for the front uh, for Challenger. Yeah. Well, I mean, he. It's like I don't. I guess it wasn't an anti-no-abortion uh, thing. Although I'm sure he was probably probably against it. But uh, yeah, the song deals. I mean, he's is pretty much Prince ripping on. I I feel like it's almost more an attack on society and the way they view things and how f- fucked up they are than the government. Almost like, you know, I don't understand how some lady can't feed her baby, but y'all put money into the damn to fly a person to the moon. I don't think that he understood that those two things don't necessarily correlate to one another <laughs> but but i get what he's trying yeah. to say we put more money into fruitless stuff than we do to look at the poverty in america and things along those lines it was definitely um it was definitely a very prince look on things i was a huge fan of the man and huge fan of this album that's my actually my favorite prince album that's saying a lot yeah. yeah it is so this was kind of the album that brought him back because he had had two albums before this that did not perform that well and a lot of people were like uh-oh well, Prince is going to fade. Two albums that he didn't publish. <laughs> well, he published. Right, but he had two albums 
right the two albums right before Sign of the Times didn't perform the way true. that they thought Prince albums should perform. Like right. they were, they underperformed and a lot of people were like they were hoping for that Purple Rain money. All right. Mm-hmm. So he had Purple Rain mm-hmm. and then two, did two albums, right? In between. Well, there was uh let's see. There was per, uh, uh shoot. Was Graffiti Bridge in there? No. Uh, that was after um, shoot, Around the World in a Day, um, Parade, which was from his album, uh, not album, mo- movie, um, what movie? Uh, Under the Cherry Moon. Oh, okay. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I didn't, I, I, there I, was, I didn't even realize there was a third movie. It, yeah, it was like, it goes in this order. Purple Rain. Purple Rain, um, Under the Cherry Moon, and Graffiti, Graffiti Bridge. Bridge. Which gave us who? Heaven Campbell. Yeah. That's pretty damn good. You got yeah. it, man. That was yeah, good. I was just like he's in the room. Okay. Yeah. Round and round. Uh, I mean, I can't do it, but... Nothing comes from talking about... We can talk all you want to, but the world Rose keeps going, going round and round. One day I'll make it in the big, big city. And I'll be looking for a girl You'll who's be looking pretty. like a big titty. <laughs> One day I'll make a play... And she will say, okay, because I plan to be a cool kitty. What's not a real word? Okay. It, it, no one said it wasn't a real word. They said it wasn't a real No. I said, do you know what okay stands for? And Somebody it's spelled O period K period. It stands for something. Those two letters stand for something. O and K stand for something. He threw away all his foot marshmallows. So that's because he those spends out. his time on his phone. Uh, Operation Kick S. Yes, that's what it stands for. Yeah, you know, it seems like every time we do one of these shows, I always bring up like a Prince song, but that's okay. You know, with Prince, Prince is he's relevant quite often. And he's been known to do a lot I of agree. freaking pol- political songs. I mean, I was su- going to suggest um, Annie Christian, which is kind of like a punk ballad. Uh, it's It always kind of freaks me out. It, it's kind of eerie, but... Well, even 1999 Oh, yeah, 1999. Political. Yeah, party he's also up. also just beautiful. He's a beautiful man. He almost looks like a musical he, note. I think he kind of looks like a catfish. I yeah. Don't, I don't care. Kind of looks I, like the Dr. Pepper I'd, guy. I'm still in love with him. Oh God, yeah. I I I bone the hell out of him. Me too. I mean, I'd say I would. Even even I'd when say, he had that big afro and he just looked like a beautiful uh, woman. I, no, the afro was fantastic. I'd, Here's it's an thing. awesome afro. I would I would tell I'd look you I I would say this right now and mean it, but I already know better. So I would look at you and go, I'm not gay and I'm not into dudes. But I know for a fact that if Prince would have walked in the room and been like, you, me, bedroom, I'd be like, fuck. I oh, okay. I mean, right now. There's, he's got no. this thing. Yeah. It, it's, and you're like. And some people don't boom. see it. And I'm like, how? Yeah. Like, oh, oh Stu's, uh, Sally. She, remember we had her on the show one night and she was like, oh, no, he's not sexy. I'm like, oh bullshit. My God, I said it on that show. I said if Prince walked amazing, in the room and was like, we're going to have sex. She'd be like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You just know it would happen. Hey, I'd be the first. Be like, let's go right now. Anyway. No, Stu would be the first. He'd be like, get the fuck out of my way. I'm sucking that dick. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's Prince. <laughs> what? Uh, I'm surprised you didn't want to do your sounder. Which one? Oh, the royal His. penis. I will <laughs> do it now. That's a good call. The royal penis is clean, your highness. <laughs> That's what he'd say to <laughs> That's him. what you'd say to Prince. Oh, God, that be him. It. Oh, <laughs> God, I'm so sorry. That, that would have been That's perfect good time. timing. I'll give you yeah, that. That is good timing. I didn't even catch it. Now you got to edit it. 
Yeah, no, I'm gonna leave it in my fuck up. I'm sorry, guys. That's all right. Yeah, yeah, stroke the drinking, it's yeah. not okay. Mm-hmm. I, I, missed I need it. to find a big poster of him just to put in my room, just to look. Me at. too. I'm well, I bought well, the vinyl I, of Purple Rain. Yeah, I mean, okay I, have, I have the vinyl of Purple Rain. I just don't have that. I think insert. I'm gonna get one and put it. I on didn't the mean ceiling. to cause you any trouble. Is that? That's what I'm gonna cause you any pain. That's what I'm gonna start doing. I'm gonna put posters on my ceiling now. Can we just listen to Prince right now? Uh, Only one of these standing in the purple He's right here. rain. Purple rain, purple rain. And they just peaked. <laughs> <laughs> purple rain, purple rain. Nah. I'm all right. You guys could just you know that let's was turn off. The we were really pissed because and just lay here and during just chill. during the lockdown. I'd be uh, totally down so the that. movie theater was doing like five dollar older movies, and they put Purple Rain on, and I wanted to go so bad to see it, but they only put it on weird times where none of us could make it because we were all, all at work. That and Akira and Spanky and I were going to go see Akira, and the same thing it was on at like Wait, three do o'clock. You, do you have Purple Rain here? What the album? Well, no, but I have Amazon Music. We can listen to anything you want. We should just turn off the lights and just lay just back and just listen chill. to Purple Rain. And listen to Purple Rain. I mean, okay. Or just listen to Prince in general. I like that. See, sometimes I feel like I'm alone in that attitude. Like sometimes I just want to do that, like just chill. Like so, a lot of times, I, so I have my kids every other weekend, and I usually drop them off. And by the time I get them home, it's usually nine or nine thirty. And sometimes I just drive around afterwards and the, uh, like just play music in my car and just drive for a while, and then I come home. Because no, it's I just like chill, and I just want to hear the music. Yeah, I just want to lay down and just let the music play. And just let the music play. Sorry. Let the music play. I know what you're talking about. Why I mean, I know okay. what he's talking about, too, but <laughs> that ain't Prince. Now, uh, I remember uh, as kids, the um, the extended version of 1999 used to scare the shit out of me and my mm-hmm. sister when the little kids would come on and go, Mommy, why does everybody have a bomb? Mommy. Oh yeah, it was creepy. He's he's a he's a fucked up dude, but he was Prince. Do you got this? You got this. Why'd you just turn into Prince? You just for a second were like, do you got this? Highly recommend that. Do you want some pancakes? No waffles. Weird thing is, no pancakes, and he was really obsessed with them because he was on an episode of New Girl, and he's like. Come on in the house. I'm going to make you pancakes. She's like, I don't want any. He's like, just eat the pancake. And, and she the, starts eating. <laughs> and the weird thing is, like, there's been several people, like Eddie Murphy, Charlie Murphy, and um, <laughs> let's Fuck see your who. Couch. <laughs> 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 all confirmed that whole Chappelle skit story. Absolutely. From what I hear, the they fuck are. Your couch I'm, one? The, uh, That's probably true. Well, that, but James was on that one. Yeah. <laughs> From what I've heard, all those Charlie Murphy stories were, were basically some version of truth. Mm hmm. Like he's telling true stories, and then Dave Chappelle was being sillier about him. But you know, I doubt. Like for example, I doubt that Prince said, "UB skins will be blouses." Nah, <laughs> but it's man, brilliant I, to hear. I, have you seen him? He wears some blouses. And I he know, loves his blouses. but I doubt he, he said looks that. like a figure skater. He probably you know. right. So I'm sure he might. <laughs> he probably have said did play <laughs> just to be dumb basketball with him, and he probably he did. He had a sense of humor, so he probably did yeah. say that. And it, they say he loved the skit, so. Well, right. it's like uh, the episode of New Girl he's on. He called them. He's like, he loved the show, and he was obsessed. They were talking about this. They were like, he loved the show New Girl, and he was obsessed with their relationship, so he asked to be on an episode. That's amazing. It's really cool, and it's a great episode. And in it, he's smiling throughout the whole freaking thing. I met a dude, so I used to work at a video store here, and um, I remember we had a little magazine rack. The room in the back. We did. He met a dude there. Um, 
Yes. Came at many a dudes. Yeah, I did. There was it's, a big black one at one point in time. Yeah, name name Mike. I know. This is uh. all very true. Anyway, <laughs> we had a magazine rack. I don't know where you guys are going, but we had a ma- we saying. had a magazine rack, and on one of the covers at one point, Carmen Electra was on the cover. Mm. And this kid comes in, <laughs> a young African American gentleman comes in, and he's looking at that rack. It's not Mike, is it? He's looking at the rack on the rack. <laughs> no, it wasn't Mike. And he he's just staring for a minute, and I I kind of look over at him. He without looking at me, he goes. I went to high school with her because she went to Princeton. Yeah. 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 Jamie did too. And I was like, oh, did you? He goes, yep. Rode her, she rode my bus. Really? She didn't look, she like, didn't look like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I'm sure Prince had a lot to do with that. Yeah. I'm sure he did. So Right down to the name. I'm sure. Yeah. Here, I'm going to play, uh, let's see. What, what Trouble here, some I Prince take, here. I would have taken a name from All Prince. Right. <laughs> Gonna go for Manic Monday. Uh, yeah, I've heard it. He wrote Manic Monday. Did you know that? He wrote a ton of songs. But did you know he wrote Manic Monday? Yes. He wrote most of uh, um, his version of Nothing Compares to You is way better. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, that's one of my favorite songs ever, but listening to Prince. Yeah, I have was that on one of my Valentino? Yeah, he didn't write it for himself, but he recorded everything right. he wrote. Which is pretty amazing. This is... That's the best. It's way better. I mean, hers is good. I love it so much. But his is great. Come on. Let's just turn the lights out and just listen to Prince. Come on. I'm totally down. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so those were all the songs we had for our political podcast. <laughs> As we now we're going to Prince. Prince. Sixteen days. This is probably one of my all-time Since favorite songs. You took your love away. <laughs> the lyrics of this song are fucking killer. Steve's over here doing a really grindy face and some dance moves. I'm a. I'm channeling my inner spank dog. Whatever I want, I can see whoever I choose. Best line. I can eat my dinner in a fancy restaurant. Didn't wear it out doing one like this. Nothing can take away this blue. Didn't wear it out redo this? No. Oh, you should. Nothing compares. No. Nothing compares to to you. To you. He's great. Um. So yeah, there were a few songs that we left off. Um, I know KC wanted Mr. Window on there. We had talked about. We had talked about that on the the rap episode, though. Mr. Window's a great song, which deals with poverty, mostly. Um, I thought. Hammer to Fall by Queen um, was was going to be on there. Kind of left that off. I even thought a little bit about life in a northern town, but really didn't have that many political issues. But there's definitely some political issues. Would you turn it off? No. We can listen to Prince after. Yeah, we're turning the lights out and just laying here. In the um, <laughs> I just what I want to do. Stop touching me. Do if we turn the lights out, you'll be asleep in thirty-five yeah. seconds. Fuck yeah, we'll you'll just go in there with a like, candle. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, oh my god, let's get out of here. So, 
<laughs> Myself, uh, Sally, my sister, Stu, and Kevin are all going to Maine in September. And uh, we've got a little Airbnb. We're going we're to go to Red Lobster. We are, we're, we're not going to go to Red Lobster no. in Maine. <laughs> no. In fact, no. they probably don't have any. And if you went, they would probably shoot you as you walked out the door. Right. Anyway. We got a little Airbnb and everything. But where am I going to take my bitches? It's got three. It's got <laughs> where am I going to go? It's got three. Uh, <laughs> where am I going to I always take the bitches to Red Lobster. Three bedrooms. Just take them to your chest. And then it's like, well, okay. <laughs> and I don't care. I was like, you know, I don't care. Kevin's well, got hoes. I, of course, said we'll I give her a chest lesson. I don't know why I'm trying to talk. I'm just going to stop <laughs> the story now because it's, it's not going anywhere. And nobody wants to hear my story. Whatever. Go on ahead. We like talking about the hoes. It was a good story. In different area codes. That's right. It's a story exactly. that hasn't happened yet, but I know that it will. What's going to happen? So basically, we got three bedrooms, and I was like, of course, we'll give the girls one, which he, of course, is like, but there's a couch and a love seat, and I was like, I don't give a fuck. I'm in Maine. I will sleep on the love seat. I don't give a shit. I said, but Stu, you got to sleep out there, too. Why? I was like, because you wear a mask. So? I was like, I won't sleep if Kevin's out there. <laughs> ah! I am currently working on that. That's <laughs> actually... Be honest, so. horror hound weekend. Big beef. We come up well, to the room. Those two, it was just like we come up to the room, slipped. and McBeef is sleeping in the hall out in front of the room. We're like, "What are you doing?" Without opening his eyes, he said, "I would rather listen to babies being murdered than to hear that shit." We open the door and we hear Kevin. <laughs> like I don't know how that you don't wake up with just a sore nose. I don't know how you didn't die that night. Always. I was drinking. God. Yeah, that's what it You're was. You're always drinking. <laughs> <laughs> it's got you, everybody. I'm kind of like a fish. <laughs> <laughs> but Stu, and then there, another great night. We're at a uh, horror hound. It might not even been horror hound. I don't remember what it was, but oh no, that was good too. We're all laying in the room. We're a bunch of dudes sharing a room. It was, it was orgy, and then we went to sleep afterwards. I think you were there one time. And we're two. all laying in the room, and um. I don't remember. It's probably me. Just started decided to be a smart ass, and I'm like, "Good night, Kevin. Good night, Jason. Good night, Randy. Good night, Jason. Good night, Stewie." <laughs> <laughs> and that was actually it. Was the same night that in the middle of the night, all we hear is <laughs> he rolled over on the tube <laughs> and cut off his circulation and sucked the mask to his face. <laughs> It was pretty great. We're like, what the fuck just happened? He's like, <gasps> hey, Stu, what are you doing? Sucking that mask. Yeah. I see you, Stewie. Just sucking that mask. And that thing, that that mask. thing uh, pumps up a uh, air mattress. Well, yeah. like, no, tomorrow. If you flip the reverse, <laughs> you can stick it in an air mattress and inflate it. It's great. It's it's very yeah. uh, you don't even have to flip reverse. It's straight in. Damn. I guess it does pump out air, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> Hello, McFly. <laughs> So, yeah, there you go. We talked about political songs. So I'm going to turn out the lights, turn on the candle, or turn light the candle, and then turn on the machine. Yeah. And since it blows out air, he's going to stick it on his wiener. <laughs> he's going to inflate that shit. Yeah. Space. <laughs> yeah. He got really excited. He's like, yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm like, going to try that. Hell, to be that's honest, a good idea. Have you ever stuck your mask for. on your wiener? No. Stuart, no. Why are you don't lie? There's a grin across Wait, the no, shit <laughs> grin on your face. Stu, you no. do this kind of shit. Does it smell <laughs> like your wiener now? Like <laughs> when you put it on at night, you're like, God, I need to wash that thing. Maybe. And I don't mean the mask. <laughs> Maybe. Come on. 
Now we're gonna now then uh, now we're gonna diverge uh, into our typical stuff. What what thing have you fucked that you probably shouldn't have fucked? Not person thing. Gross. <laughs> we Jesus don't want to know. We're, hey, come on, it's easy for girls. Here. Well, her it's name the was, couch. Her it's name easy was for girls. Well, you can do it. Her name was Lola. She was a show okay. girl. That doesn't rhyme, you fucker. <laughs> Sorry. What thing have you fucked that you shouldn't have fucked? I just want to see if I can get him to admit it. Whoa, whoa. I didn't what? say person. Why do you keep going to people? This is... Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see his face, folks, at home, but it's... Fuck you. I hope you die. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Thought what's, about it, but What's no. something you humped that you shouldn't have? No. <laughs> Kevin. This beer can's looking awful pretty. Is your peepee that small? Mm-hmm. Your That's a small peepee. Mm-hmm. There's a little pee- Ooh, God, you will slice the shit out of that thing. Do people- Maybe that's what he likes. Uh, Kiki. Why do we always Kiki. de-evolve into complete bullshit? Do you know who Uh-oh. we are? Do you know who I am? Exactly. <laughs> this is us in real life. Oh God! You know this. I d- well, I know it, but well, stop trying to. Why we got to share with the world who we really are? I like to pretend I'm. Yeah, we're. It's supposed to be a mystery. This is our alter egos that you're listening to. Uh-huh. Yeah, only this sure. is the real us, and the other shit's the alter ego. Exactly. Did you say ego? I like egos. Ego, ego, ego. Did you just say ego my ego Diego? Lego my ego. I don't think you said Lego. I believe I said yes. It's I also not Lego, did. it's let go. But you said ego Lego. my ego Diego. Lego, Lego my Lego. ego Diego. Lego my ego Diego. I didn't know that would shut everybody <laughs> up. Fuck, I got to remember that for the next time. Everybody's like blah 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 Lego my ego that's pretty much it. Pretty <laughs> I don't think that's on here. I got to get my. I, I have an eye appointment after I have my COVID appointment. Yeah, you should go to it fast. Fuck you, Mister. I just uh, who's had glasses prescribed. You know, he tells me today. He's like, I went to the eye doctor. Yeah, I should be wearing my glasses. You think, dumbass? <laughs> uh, that's why they prescribe them to you, especially at night. I know. I only wear them at night. He wears his sunglasses and regular glasses so he can, so he can masturbate. Drive. Sunglasses? <laughs> I love how you just went with masturbate. God, where are you well, squirting that stuff? How else is he supposed to Wait, see that thing? Where Come is on. That? Where is he squirting that shit? Thank you. Where is he squirting that shit that he needs to be wearing like safety goggles? Damn, dude, eye. aim a little better. He's, he's trying to aim it in his mouth. but it I'm in my room <laughs> with the door firmly locked and a chair up against it like I do every night. He's trying to shoot the candle out. And all I hear is, <laughs> oh, God, it's in my eye. <laughs> 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 I can't see somebody help. Help! No. <laughs> help! No. <laughs> uh, come you on! No. I'm not coming out of my room, Stuart. Stuart, you're having a dream. A Spider Man just shot you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he shoots webbing out of his dick? Probably. Well, <laughs> like he gets excited. Like actually, I think there was actually a it skit that Jack what Black Spider-Man did. What Spider Man it is? Ugh, nerds. 
<laughs> You're the one who said it. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. And yeah. she was proud of it. She's she like, did look a nurse, little nerd. It was a nerd yeah. dance. There was a nerd nerd. We all saw it. Y'all have uh, the same nerd dance. Don't lie. Yeah, that's true. No, I don't have that nerd dance. I you have my do. own. No, I don't. That's not my nerd dance. What's your nerd dance? I can't do it unless I'm standing up, and I don't want to stand up right now. Do it. Mine's a sort of no, healthy dance. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Push your lean to the side like your legs are <laughs> broken. <laughs> <laughs> I got the David Crockett hat, and I just need to get like a plastic fake nose yeah. in my skin tone, and that in my skin tone. I think you already have that. Did you say my skin tone? Yeah, I mean they you only already have the white have, ones. You already the have fake, your skin tone. No, I mean have the fake oh, nose. Oh, I misunderstood. You, I need to get a fake, fake nose, nose in my in skin, skin tone. tone. Yes. I thought you said I need a Davy Crockett hat, a fake nose, and my wait, skin tone. Wait, have you done it? Burger you already bathroom? have that. No. He once got busy in a Burger King right. bathroom. He hasn't done that yet. Yeah, I thought you said, and my skin tone. I'm like, wait, you already have your skin tone. What do you mean you have to get it? I don't understand. I was totally lost there for a second. <laughs> That's oh, okay. God. Yeah, we should plan our Halloween costumes. Uh, I, I had this plan to do Humpty Hump for this past That'd be year. Hold on. I think you should be Bill Cosby. No. no hold on. God, you already no. have the sweater. I saw it a couple weeks ago. Dude, no. And no, hold on. I'm not done yet. <laughs> okay. And when we go out, just walk up to women and go, let me get you a drink. <laughs> I would be, be sprayed with mace the yeah, entire he'd night. He'd probably die in or, like five minutes. Or a chick would laugh a lot, and that'd be the one you'd want to go no, I think no. I think him being... Ooh, shut up. It'll be funny for no. me. It'd be hilarious. Stu. He could do the Humpty Dance all night. Me and Stu should go as Ren and Stimpy. I'll be around. This is your chance to do the hump. Oh, oh, there's a baby. I do the hump to hump. I do the hump to hump. Tell me, baby. I do the hump to hump. That song's about politics. Oh, yeah. Same song. All around the world, same song. We could have at least went to the same key. We went drastically different than where we went there. Uh, same song for the hit movie, Nothing But Trouble. I came to the party to get naughty. Somebody has a medical insurance for him, Mona. There's the lyrics. Somebody push him over. Hold on, guys, be quiet. Lullaby <laughs> and good night. Punch, punch you in the face. The royal penis is clean. Thank you. That's what he's going to think about all night. The royal penis. Princess Royal Princess Royal Penis. You think about Royal Princess Royal Penis. You think that night? Princess really is the purple helmet warrior? Yes. <laughs> You'll have to ask Carmen Electra. She's down the street. Uh, I hope he had a big old, you know. A big old slong? Yeah. I mean, even if he didn't, I wouldn't care. He'd just put on a good what show. That just happening. That'd here? just make you get off anytime. <laughs> get, get off. <laughs> 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 We're thinking of the same 22 positions in a one night stand. Get off. Where's my slide whistle? <laughs> is, is he coming in with the slide whistle? Wait, is Prince coming in with the slide whistle? He might know how to work that. God, like every song he sang was about fucking. Why wouldn't? It was I like, mean, it's either him. fucking uh, religious. Berry, berry. Fucking. Right. Uh, Little driver. red COVID. 
That's a pretty nasty ass song when you listen to yeah. the lyrics. Yeah, it is. I knew that girl, a, I met a girl named Nikki. Nikki I guess you could say she was a sex fiend. Fucking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sister. Where is he talking about fucking the sister? What? Gra- <laughs> it's pretty wild. Why you got to bring that one up? <laughs> oh, I'll be with the kids today. They're poems. That's, true. That's yeah. true. I'm pretty sure everything he sang was about fucking, even if we didn't mm. know it was. And I ain't mad about it. Not at all. I do. Yeah. I think. Well, I, I'm pr- I'm convinced Diamonds and Pearls is about fucking. I think uh, one of the that's cream. one of my favorite songs. Cream, uh, fucking. Cream. Well, come on. What what the hell did you think it was gonna be about? I had I love that album by the way. That's one of my Peace favorites. That's a good one. <laughs> diamonds and Pearls is one of my favorite yes, albums. Diamonds and Pearls is freaking if amazing. I'm giving you diamonds I, and I think pearls. one of the actresses who played Diamonds and Pearls. I don't know if it was Diamond <laughs> or Pearl. <laughs> I don't know if it was Diamond. <laughs> she pearl. actually is like from Cincinnati. She went to the uh, School of Performing Arts. Oh damn! If I could, I would I'll give you the word. Current events. All I can do. do. Just offer you my love. <laughs> there will come a day. <laughs> I can tell you a fun story. There's this this doofus I knew in high school. Still, we were listening to Seven, and he's like, he's singing away, and he's like, all Seven ever watched. So he says, with their intellect. And their sidewalk fair. <laughs> I looked at him and said, "What the fuck did you just say? Sidewalk fair?" I'm like, "That's that's not what he says." Yeah, it is. I'm like, "He's not singing about a sale on a street corner, <laughs> dumbass." <laughs> What's he say? Sidewalk fair. That's not a real thing. I'm like, "Oh my god, yes it is." And sidewalk fair is stupid. <laughs> like, sidewalk fair. It's French, you numb nuts. <laughs> god, <laughs> yeah. Prince was singing about I going mean, to fucking I Kmart mean, and have, have some shit out on the corner <laughs> <Yeah>. for sale. <laughs> Ooh, yes. So I was telling this story there. It is a true story too. My my parents used to have a band, and they would do, they would get up and and part of their night. Sometimes they would do karaoke. They would play the music, let people come up and sing. And uh, this girl gets up. I'll never forget this shit. My mom and all them up on stage. And I knew all these guys well, like the whole band. You know, so my mom. It was my stepdad at the time. A really good friend of the family, Rick. And I'm. I, I was young, but I would go with them a lot. And I'm standing out in the audience, and this girl gets up, and she's singing "Friends in Low Places." <laughs> and I'll never forget this shit for the rest of my life. She says, I'm not big on sausage gravy. <laughs> and my mom, you just see my mom go. And she looks at Rick and Rick's I like. I mean, that is, that's pretty redneck. So I'm not big on sausage, sausage gravy. gravy. I was like, yes, right in the middle of this song, he decided to sing about <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> it's like social graces, so you numb shit. So then she slips on down that to the Oasis delicious. after that. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds, sausage gravy sounds really yeah, good right dumb now. <laughs> she was thinking about Waffle House or something, you know? Mm. I know uh, Mike and I used to talk about, I. Uh, there's a song, and this actually works, but there's a song called Voices Carry by Till Tuesday. Mm. And when, when I was a kid, I thought they were saying, hush, hush, keep it down now. This is scary. And so did Mike instead of Voices Carry. It does sound like that. Yeah. Mm. And I will say, uh, one of the most misheard song lyrics of all time is Excuse Me While I Kiss kiss the the Sky. sky. But I will argue that there's only a fraction of a syllable that changes Excuse Me While I Kiss the Sky. Excuse Me While I Kiss kiss the the Sky. sky. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much the same thing. Mm -hmm. Just saying. That would be be a fun episode. But it's been done a hundred times. But I do think we should do um, one about whatever I said earlier that I forget right now. Uh, not uh, about weird song lyrics. About uh, song lyrics that just like what the fuck, 
and yet you love it anyway. Because uh, let's just be honest. I love Say, Say, Say. say it comes on, I'm say, like, yes, say. this is my jam. It's a dumb fucking song. Yeah, it is. But I love you, it's Sir Paul. It's a good Paul. video, too. I love you. It's a great video. It is fun. I love you, Sir Paul. Because they're both in it, and they're both cute. Sir Paul, you're amazing. You write the dumbest shit ever. Mm-hmm. He always did. Yeah. Most of the dumb Beatles songs were written by Paul. Those were always the good ones. Yeah. Well, no, they're the bad ones, but I love them. No, those were the good Everyone ones Everyone hates Simply Having a Woman. I love Except it. Except for me. I love it, too. Uh, when I worked at KB Toys, that was on like every 10 minutes, so it just... Silly love might. songs. Great song. Yep. Mm-hmm. A lot of the shit he did with Wings was Wings great was, but bad. Well, it's yeah. because of, you know, he I have, was so I have freaking in vinyl. love that they were just... Yeah, with Linda. Yeah. yeah. That's I love that yep. song. Band Wings is freaking good, man. It's a great song. Yeah. I have the vinyl of uh, that with with like their greatest hits and that's all. So, um, so of course we are on Facebook. You can go over there and check us out. Uh, we will probably be posting those uh things that Matt does for us, the uh, Spotify playlists, because I yelled at him and now he's going to send them to me and I'll give them to Stu and I'll post them up on there. But our friend Matt Brown, a.k.a. Slug, will uh, a lot of these. So you got some work to do this week. I should have sent it to him ahead of time. Sometimes I do. This week I'm an asshole and I didn't. Um, he puts together Spotify playlists of a lot of the music we talk here about here on the show. He said he was having a hard time with the uh, finding the stuff off the original Coming to America soundtrack. He said he was having a really hard time finding it. I said, well, find what you can. Don't worry about it, you know. Uh, oddly enough, but... Um, so you can go over check that out. We'll be posting that on Facebook. You can uh, hit those up. Um, you know, like us. Don't like us. I don't give a shit. But share us with your friends. Tell your friends about us. Uh, we don't get any ratings. I don't. Uh, so it's probably because most people don't listen to the show through iTunes anymore. Um, we're on Podbean. We're on uh, Amazon Music. We're on Spotify. I think. Any podcatcher. Yeah, the only. Uh, we're on most. Uh, I think we're on Pandora or. Yeah, the one I can't, I've been having trouble with is, is iHeart. I keep registering it and it keeps saying there's fu- something fucked up, but I've, we're registered on That's a whole you're not shit ton of stuff. Mm. And I don't think that most people listen to us on uh, iTunes anymore. But if you do, leave us a review. I, I never ask for that. I don't really think about it, but it'd be cool. Uh, you can write us. We are your mixtape podcast at gmail.com. Uh, Sir Skiznot just sent us over uh, a couple weeks ago, but <coughs> uh, a, a, a fun new version of the theme song, which. I've tried to play two weeks in a row now. Last week, uh, or last episode, everything just got kind of fucked up when I hit play. It was it was our bad, not his. And this week, I thought I uh, triggered it up, and apparently I had the wrong one. We'll play it at some point. Skiznot, we love you. We love uh, all the stuff you've done for the shows and all the ways you've helped us out. Hopefully, Spank Dog will be back on the next exciting episode of the Mixtape Podcast. We were glad to have Trouble back again with us this yeah. week. We haven't seen her in a while because she just hates us now. We don't know why, but she does. No, it's just some shit, you know. I'll be back. Is that shit bananas? It is. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Don't you love her for that? So we were talking about this the other day. There are songs that you will love for the rest of your life because you'll never fuck up spelling something. R-E-S-B-E-C-T. Respect. R-E-S-B-E-C-T. There's a song by a band I love called Babylon Zoo, and the song is called Caffeine. And, I mean, caffeine's hard to spell. But thank God, because he says C A F F E I N E caffeine. And bingo is my jam. B I N G O. You had trouble spelling bingo. Well, I mean, I was a slow uh, child. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he always put those claps in there when you know. 
Pink Dyke Show. Pink Dyke Show. He's got the Go. clap. He's got the clap in there. B E K R F. Miss Coleman, we need to talk about Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> He's a good boy. We're going to have to leave him back a few He's minutes. a good boy. He's going to have to repeat. Yeah, the they're good kids. They're good kids. Um, what else? Hey, you can go check out my other show, Rewind Toys. Uh, Rewind Toys is the name of the show. You can look for it. Um, it goes through a different feed. And uh, the reason we used to go through the same feed for this show, and it kept fucking up. So we moved over with this show, uh, but I just kept that feed, and it's been fucked up, so I can't post the most recent episode, but it's a short-form podcast. I just usually no more than 10 minutes, usually a little less, uh, talk about toys, talk about a different toy, tell you a little bit of history about them, and uh, some interesting facts, and it's, it's fun. You can go over check that out. Uh, I think the most recent one that is needs to go up, if it will ever let me, is about the Jurassic Park toys, which are very interesting. Very we need interesting. to do a crossover episode you were saying that, yeah, yeah. with that guy who does Rewind Toys. Yeah, that dude's awesome. He, I don't know if he'd want to do this shitty-ass show. Yeah, you were wanting to do one on like Kenner Toys. We couldn't just do Kenner Toys. We'd have to talk about toys. In general. Hey, by the way, there's a little bit of news for you guys. Did you guys hear that a new company bought Toys R Us, and they're going to reopen Toys R Us? Like the way it was, like but the, there's no but. A new company bought them and they're going to open them, kind of like what happened with Hostess. Hopefully, it won't be just like what happened with Hostess, where they started giving us okay chocolate. Wait, <laughs> wait what about what about the Hostess discount stores? Yeah, I miss the Hostess stores. They were awesome. The discount stores where you just got all those from this like, big delicious. to this big. Yeah, <laughs> but it's Toy Stories. It's Toy Store, so they're just going to release toys. Toy Stories. Yeah. Toy Stories. You know what'll be there, Stu? Hot Toys. Wheels. I would hope so. I would, I would, ho- I would so. hope. But they, they only had a few pops. Then. Well, they went out pretty much right after it's that became a phenomenon. <laughs> Stewie joined the Redline Club this week. So he's now a Hot Wheel Redline member. And I've only gotten one Nerd. out of the And three. he got a pretty <laughs> kick-ass air freshener from Hot Wheels. Hey, Nerd. what does it smell like? Nerds. Air fresheners. Old man. Rubber tires and diesel. Old man digging out the Hot Wheels at midnight. That's true. God, that is not a smell I want. <laughs> That's what happens. I mean, he's one of them now, so I yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not as aggressive she as She accurately hit that on the head, though, and she's not even a Hot Wheel collector. But but she, I, no, but I, I know them. I know those guys. But I'm not as aggressive as they are. She's like, you do? Can you they're, hook me up? They're like standing there waiting for them to open the box. Because right. if they open the box, they'll get in trouble. So they're just sitting there like, oh, oh, hold when, up. When are you going to put hold these up. out? Hold up. I'm not that aggressive. He'll, aggressive. He will be within a month because he's already like, I see the boxes. I've been thinking about opening them when I see them there. And the other day well, you're like, one, you'll I'm get looking punched. to see what boxes they got. You'll get kicked out. The other of the day store. when we were at Walmart, you were looking at they had pallets, and you were going down the pallets to see what boxes I've were on them. Seen. <laughs> they were they were about to put them out. Like I said, he's not that aggressive yet. Yet, <laughs> give he's him gonna, give him a couple more months. He'll be like, motherfucker, you touched that. I'll kick your ass. I've been there at midnight where those old yeah, dudes are just standing there, like they're like it's uh, freaking Black Friday every <laughs> every time they put yeah, those fucking. No, no, no. I was talking to a girl at um, Dollar General a couple weeks ago. Line. Not Dollar General, Dollar Tree. And she was, I, I grabbed a couple of Hot Wheels that I thought he might like. So I was, I was going to, I'll pick them up for him because they're like a buck. I'm like, fuck, it makes him happy. I'll bring him a Hot Wheel home. And then my bitch is happy. And it's all works out. It makes you happy. It makes you happy. And you're making him. I'll so give sad. you Hot Wheels every night. Uh, but why does it make you so sad, though? Um, 
so I, I the girl's like, oh yeah, there's this guy that comes in here all the time and tears through our Hot Wheels, and he gets mad because I won't hold boxes back for him. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> well, I he's gonna be to, like a Hot Wheels brony. I took my kid to uh, they, Walmart the other day. They're real, dude. And had to ask no, I had to ask him about uh, Pokemon cards because they have to keep them behind the desk now. Mm. And she said that all these you know older guys come in and like take all of them. Yeah, so like me. none of the kids can freaking have them. So, so she, and then she got in trouble for, you know, holding them back for kids instead of letting those guys have them, and they told on her. So I pre-ordered um, the new Funko Pops of the Goonies, and I got thank God there's there's uh, all but mouth, which is pissing me off. Oh, that doesn't make any sense. No, they think that he'll probably end up being like an exclu- like Comic-Con exclusive or some shit. That's why they uh, do it. Target probably wanted to make money off of it. <laughs> but Target, one it was a Target exclusive, is brand. They're not out yet, so I went over to Target to pre-order it. No. They've already bought the fuck out of them, which means people are going to release them for double the damn price of the day that he actually comes out, which pisses me off. The other two is there's, there's no Andy or Steph. I don't know why they don't make them either. Really? You know, yeah, it's very weird. Um... But there's an original set. So so I don't know if you know that we're going to go into a little Funko Pop here for a second. But the original Funkos were all pretty generic looking as far as facial expressions. Mm-hmm. And they've redone a bunch of them. So they're releasing a new Goonie set. So you can get the original set. And Mouth is available. But he, now these days you're minimum 45. But you're probably paying way more than that. Because they're vaulted. And you can't get them anymore. So the guesses from everybody. So I've got Mikey. I've got Data. I've got Sloth and Chunk all pre-ordered. But I tried to get brand pre-ordered and I couldn't, and um, yeah, pisses me off. And there's no mouth, so the, probably the chances are really good he'll be an exclusive somewhere or chase figure. Do you think it's because of him? No, in general, I don't or think do he has any fucking say in it whatsoever. No, I just think it's a chase figure. I think yeah, they'll. Maybe. Mm. So they like to do chase figures, as Stewie and I have learned. I finally got smart and bought some stock in Funko. I did. It's like, I'm just going to buy a couple bucks worth of stock in Funko Pop. That's just because you buy so many. You're like, yes, well, I, I might as well put I make, some I money might as well make some money back. <laughs> I told Stewie, he's like, I wonder if they sell Hot Wheels stock. <laughs> I was like, well, they're Mattel, right? So he could buy a Mattel stock. Yeah. So. Toy obsession is a great thing. Um, I highly recommend it to everyone. It's pretty fucking Especially fantastic. Especially when you're a 45-year-old man. It's pretty fucking fantastic. Yeah. Anything Yoda that's, I mean, I have my... Big old Yoda section. We all. keep trying to get him into collecting something because he doesn't understand the, the fun of collecting. It's pretty fun. Hunting shit down, looking for it. You would probably really get into it. Mm. Mm. That, that means no. He's not interested. Uh, I said Facebook. I said you can email us. Uh, you can tweet us. I don't know how you'll do it because we don't have tweet. a Twitter, but go for it. I think that's it. Uh, anybody got anything they want to add? Um, no. Okay. I would like to say just uh, for a few uh, seconds. Listen, uh, to friends. It's been it's been a kind of a rough. God, he's been w- drinking. He should have done this at the beginning of the show. Probably should have. <laughs> it, it's been a very rough week or year for the Asian American community. This if you true. can yeah. show some love to your fe- fellow Asian American. Pacific Islanders. Um, I should have lived with my wife. And you know, I try. They won't let me donate some money to them. You know, go out to Asian American businesses. Not wait, hold on. Don't just walk out and hand money to them. Donate it to. <laughs> Here, what are you doing? Kevin said I'm supposed to give you money. I'm going this. Weekend. Okay, we like Kevin. <laughs> I'm going. To yeah, an Asian I know owned, what he's saying. He's I'm saying going to an Asian-owned business with my Asian wife. You know, that's what I. What do we do? 
There you, you get go. money back. Yeah. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. What happened drinking? I know. It's all good. You just we made it sound to, like I should just walk out the door and go, you're Asian, here's $5. We have to watch out for everybody. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> you know, that would be awesome. I mean, it's been a rough time in this fucking country. It is. Yeah. I'm really not happy to be a white dude these days. I'm like, oh my God, we're assholes. Just freaking love everybody, man. Well, I do, but the rest of us are dicks. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody like, just needs to be cool. God, hey, um, people of other cultures, please understand we're not all like that. No, not at all. In fact, I love Asian culture. Like I'm dying to. Like I really want to go. go to the oh my Mamas. god! Oh yeah, you know, oh yeah. Let's go right now. Mahope. So in my top five, like my hierarchy of places I want to go, we've talked about this. I like. I would love to go on African safari, but I want to go on the one where I get to stay in the jeep. I don't want to be out there when the lion starts charging. Wow. I want to be in the fucking jeep. Because I don't want to get eight. They're just like kitty cats. You don't uh-huh. look tasty. You can go pet them. Uh, <laughs> Did you see coming I to America? Eat. What I makes you think you're, you're going to get eaten? You think you look tasty or something? It's just yes. like coming to America. I mean, I they totally have, look tasty. I'm like, I am a tasty little cat little morsel. They're going to be like, mm-mm. mm-mm. Look sweet as that day. boy. Want some white meat? Mm, <laughs> like chicken. <laughs> it's like chicken breast over there. Look at them. Yeah. It's all tender and squishy. Stu's about to fall asleep. I know. You can um, go to bed now. You don't have to wait for us. I want no. to I want to go to Ireland. I want to go to Australia. I do want to go to Ireland. I would love to go to like Hong Kong. I think it would just be fantastic. I want to go to Japan. I really want to go to Japan because too. I want to go to all the arcades. There you go. I freaking want to go to every arcade that's <laughs> there you go. I know. But I think that's all we got for you this week. All the places we want to visit and everything else. Uh, hey, guys, listen to these songs. They're all fantastic. I highly recommend them all because you will enjoy every second yeah, of it. Good. And until the next time we speak to you here on this show, remember to always stay yeah. awesome.
Mein Freund, Gleikum, Dieka. Literally saying the only German I know. 996, Luftballon, Scheißkopf. Bitte. Margaret Thatcher. That's not German. <laughs> 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 